powered from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Drew State Studios in California. It's episode 283 of the Primetime Show. Tonight, we welcome back Terrence Riley of Agonorsa Leaf as our special guest. And as always, the Primetime Show is sponsored by Saga Cigars. Dagos Races introduces another chapter of the Saga, Saga Celeste. Celeste is a Spanish word that means leisure after work in the spirit of the standing idea of owning your own journey and making your own saga. Saga Celeste is a perfect companion uh, to enrich those moments of choice, making them truly yours. Saga Celeste carries a brand of Criollo Olor and Piloto Cubano, wrapped in a selected Ecuador Chi Claro wrapper that generously delivers with elegance a surprisingly rich and balanced smoke. It's available in four sizes, including the new Corona size. So ask your retailer for Saga Celeste. And by Perdomo Cigars, awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobaccos that have been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers. A smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan Sangrone, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel wrappers with the Kai Priming Binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with rich flavors of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Double Age 12-year vintage, Perdomo 20th anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th anniversary, Perdomo Albano Bourbon Barrel Age, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Inenso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And finally, by Drew Estate, dark, bold, and unapologetic, blackened cigars that made one by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, and darkest, and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distilling's Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The all Maduro Black and Scars Emmy won by Drew Estate is rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced, offering those tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for both life celebrations and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat retailer. And remember, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of shows, as well as the California studios for the Thursday Primetime show, is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Prime Time, episode 283. Today is Thursday, September 21st, 2023, as we begin the fall season. Will Cooper back in the Perdomo Scar Studios here on the Black Stage, joined cross country by my good friend and colleague, Mr. Aaron Loomis. How you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing really, really good. I got home after my trip yesterday. A very mm-hmm. long. I took a very long ride home, actually. Uh, but uh, it was a, a you know, So glad to be back, um, and uh, you know, ready to roll here. You know, we're getting into those last ten games of the baseball season right now. Um, yeah. So uh, it is very exciting, and the Phillies won a big game. You know, I, we I just we have to just lock up this four spot. I don't want to be going into the last five games and we don't have the four spot locked up. Yeah. So look, we got we get to if we can get the four spot done, then we can rest some guys, and I'll I'll give up the ninety win season in that case. So um, yeah. I, I almost worry if we go for the ninety wins, we're gonna get smoked in the first round. So um, you know, as far as that goes, yeah, I think that at this point, just get in and and be done with it. Don't yeah. don't force anything. Yeah, yeah. So um, I know um, the Yankees haven't been eliminated yet. 
but it's getting close. It's the tragic number, I believe, is three or two right now for them to be eliminated. Yeah. Um, but we took two or three from the Braves. I, I can't complain taking two or three from the Braves. I know because the, the Braves are still fighting for that. one. They haven't locked up the one spot yet. Right. They're going to get it. But I mean, they still had something to play for is what I'm saying. So, um, you know, that that being said, um, I'll take two or three from the Braves in a uh, in a in a late September series anytime sure. at this sure. point. So, um, but yeah, I guess we're uh, when w- two weeks we'll be watching. Uh, playoff baseball so yeah, i'm pretty baseball. i'm pretty excited about that exactly about that so i know it's, i know it's a rough year in the bay area for baseball this year so um that's okay rough year for boston as well um they were eliminated you know, you know where it's a real rough year where thank you yeah yeah <laughs> they kept that manager i mean i, I was shocked uh, i was shocked yeah, i don't they, know what's going on i think they kept the gm too um well i think you know what it is is the I think the issue is if the GM would have fired Marmel, that's the third manager he's hired, right? <laughs> so do you yeah. give a guy, I mean, he may have just said, look, you're not getting another shot. They may have told him, you're not getting another shot at manager. You have to make this work with this guy at this point. Right. I've not been a fan of Marmel, but, you know, he did win 93 games last year. Yeah. But and maybe just after the, after the season, maybe they just clean, clean house. So I think, you know, I think they're going to, there'll be some big roster changes. It won't be like a Yankee situation where they sit on these guys. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's been a lot of rumors about Goldschmidt to the Phillies still. Um, that died down, but I think it will heat up again in the hot stove for sure. Mm. Yep. But uh, but yeah, so we'll, we will uh, be following that and much, much more. But um, let's get to our special guest tonight, uh, making a return to the primetime show. Uh, he is the vice president of Aganar Salif. Um, he is the one and only Terrence Riley. Terrence, welcome back to primetime. No, thank you for having me. Well, it's thank you. Thank you as well. We did we did book you on short notice. We do appreciate uh, you doing that. Couldn't find uh, anyone else, huh? Nobody else would uh, could jump in. You, we did not go down a long list of people. I can tell you that. <laughs> you were, you were, so uh, it wasn't that at all. But we offered you some other dates, and I didn't think you would take. Like I said, hey, can you do any of these dates? And you took this date. So I, I mean, I appreciate it uh, as well. So we figured. Uh, but I do appreciate. It. I know you were in Europe last week, so. Uh, so, um, you know, and I know that definitely takes its toll on, on traveling. Sure does. Yeah. But uh, but how are you doing? How are you doing? First of all, can't complain. Just running around, you know, same as always. Nothing, yep. uh, uh, nothing really new in that sense. You know, no polo shirt and no cat. Well, khakis, I'm assuming you have, but no polo shirt. <laughs> no, no. It's a little late for the polo shirt. I felt that uh, I was my son had soccer today. And so. Right, was, you know, but I got the Cerberus. Look, it's Cerberus. Yeah, so. yeah. By the way, um, Cerberus, Cerberus. I got the, Cerberus. Yeah, see, look, Wait, where's my match? Well, I don't know. Right. Yeah, Coop's, uh, Coop didn't get the memo. Coop yeah, never came the... by the booth uh, at the trade show. And I, was I did come. By, I did come by the booth. He, he came by. I mean, he was looking for that ten one hundred all show. So <laughs> I he, needed, he needed one. <laughs> by the time I got there, I, got, I felt bad because because it, it was you know a lot of people had handled it already at that point. I'm like, but but they were all gone. Didn't stop me, I'm sure. Listen, yeah, I'm like, a, I am, I am, <laughs> I am, well, I mean, look, you guys, I think it was great that you guys had it out where people can touch and feel it. Uh, but, you know, uh, in the desert, it, that would happen to any cigar. And uh, I'm excited about that cigar, Terrence. I'm, I'm going to, we'll talk about it a little bit. I am excited about that cigar. I'm going to smoke oh, that good. cigar. Um, You're going to smoke it. Oh, I'm absolutely going to smoke. I'm going to review it. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I can't um, wait. Yeah. Now, I, I was, uh, we'll, we'll on get the only, on the OnlyFans account. 
<laughs> well, gonna, I'll get to that in a little bit, but uh, but no, there's it, a market it, for everyone. That's right. Yeah, you, you know, Terrence, it was um when I kind of always go through show prep, I kind of just go through a little bit of a timeline, and what one thing that you just like this just blew me away is you joined Agon Arsenal. It was December of 2017. It was. So it's almost now you've been with Agonorso as long as I've known you at Casada. I mean, it, 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 it really seemed to fly by. Yeah, I was at Casada a little longer. I was there almost 10 years, but uh, yeah. But I, I mean, met you. I think I, I didn't meet you till 2011 when I met you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, no, it, yeah. It's, it's been, uh, yeah. So you've known me as long at Agonorso as you yeah. at Casada. Yeah. Isn't that strange? Time no, flies. Yeah. Time flies. Um, I mean, I remember you were, we had, just as you were leaving, you came through Charlotte and, uh, we had, we went to that great beer place, by the way. Uh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, like, uh, just some, it's great place. I could just tell you it's a great place. In to fact, so that was right around now, maybe not, maybe like in a week, but almost it was right it, around this time. It was definitely around, we were just getting into the fall season. It was a Friday night. You were staying in town that night. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was right around this, that, that time I, I remember. Um, and, uh, it was a very, very, uh, great night. Uh, Cause I had never been to that place and it was a nice find. So, um, a good job, but you know, so I remember Terrence, when you started with Aganar, so in, in the end of 2017, you kind of, one of the comments you made was, you know, Hey, this was an opportunity because Aganar, or at the time it was Casa Fernandez, sleeping giant, sleeping giant, um, uh, kind of needed an awakening right now. So now I'll ask you. Six years later, how do you feel you did in terms of awakening the giant? Are you where you want to be? You want to get further? Where, where do you think you are right no, now? No, I mean, you're, I mean, obviously, you want to get further. There's, there's, there's yeah. a long ways to go. I, I, it went pretty well. I, I, I mean, it, it'd be more interesting to hear what other people think than me because my opinion doesn't matter. But it went pretty well. I thought uh, we we've grown tremendously. I think there's a, there's brand loyalty that there that didn't exist before. I think there's there's people that really uh, identify with the brand in a way that they didn't before. Um, and there's more of a, a personality and a life to it now that, you know, maybe wasn't there before. So I think it's gone well. I think it's got quite a ways to go, but, but it's gone well so far. And, uh, you know, I'm fortunate that, um, you know, I had the opportunity to, to do it. I'll give you that. Um, because I think when you joined, I think a lot of us who were smoking Casa Fernandez at the time, um, it was it was kind of like a bit of a cult cigar. We we all knew about Casa Fernandez, um, and um, so we were smoking. But but I could you know a lot of people didn't know about it. Um, but they you know but they were smoking a lot of cigars with that tobacco in it. So now I think you you definitely are are that's definitely changed for the better for you guys for sure. Um, so I see you know there's a lot of like because there is great brand recognition. People talk about your products right now. Um, so I think that's a that's a great job uh, you you've done, and of course you've done a lot of rebranding, which has been an enormous task. So I think yeah, I think you I think I think that's a fair assessment, Terrence. No, thank you. No, it's, got, it's we. It's, by the way, it's we. It's we. It's a lot of people involved in all this. It's not just me. No, I get it too. I mean, I get it too. So yeah, no, it definitely is, and uh, you've. Uh, like I said, but you, you have become, I mean, you have become one of the faces of the company right now. There's, there's no doubt about it. Well, thank you. It's yep. kind of you to say. Yep. yep. No, it's good. So, uh, um, but ex excellent. So I'm, I'm, I'm uh, looking forward for another six years. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, you know, you, you did win a person of the year award on coop people. Don't I did. I, I won a man of the year on coop. I think it was man of the year on coop. 
we, I think no, it's person. It was person even for you. Yeah, we don't do man and woman. There's some you did man, not back then. I no, we, it was man of the year. I didn't want to have to divide it. So it's man and woman compete equally for it. So I've been person of the year. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that means I'm better than everybody as well. Yeah, you beat all women. Yeah, if it was man of the year, they'd say, well, you know, he wasn't competing against me. You know, yeah, it's now like I can win the World Series in the United yeah. States, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, now, here's <laughs> a, now, I, but I think you had a two-year run with Dojo because Dojo, you won it with Dojo. And then they didn't do one the year after. So they retired have, the award. They retired you know, the award. I, I broke I broke the mold. I broke the mold. There's not there was nobody to put in that in that role. Yeah. That's good. Oh, we just mentioned you were in Germany. Was yes. that your first inner tobacco with uh, Aganarsa Leaf? It was. It was my first inner tobacco ever. I, I okay. before. I was gonna ask you that um, yeah. yeah. And uh yeah, I, I, it was funny because we uh, we just hired Fabian Ziegler, who's yep. one of his roles. Um, for sure will be international sales. So I thought I wasn't going to have to go. And, uh, but then because I've been assisting in that realm for a while now, and I know some people and everything that Eduardo asked that, uh, that I joined it for at least this year as well. And, and again, I'm glad I went. It was a really great experience. I got to meet in person, some of the people I I've dealt with, uh, you know, purely virtually in the past. And, uh, it was it was a uh, it was a great time, and I think uh, we'll be. I'll tell you in six months if it was worthwhile, but certainly um, very productive while I was there. Does Agonors have distribution in Europe yet? Yeah, so we were actually in our German distributors booth. Uh, okay, which which in my opinion was the nicest booth I saw there. Although Rene Castaneda over Bilger, they they had a nice booth too. Yeah, but, I can uh, imagine. But but the booth was amazing. I mean, and they they had you know co- coffee, water, sparkling water, uh, espresso champagne beer and they were serving this all day long every day I'm mean, the, the booth because i mean we were one brand i put a video on instagram you know where you can see it like we're one each of the brands that that german distributor uh distributes uh, cop uh, is the name of it cope i don't know if i'm pronouncing german correctly k-o-p-p um so each of the each of the companies they distribute had one of the spaces um so but it was a massive space overall and it was it was really well done and and, uh, you know, again, uh, Rocky was in there. Uh, uh, the Fuente people, Padron was in there. Um, those guys also have their own booth for just international. Sure. Um, but they um, they also have a, a spot within the German distributor. And from what I understand, Terrence, and I have not been in a Tobac, my plan is to go next year. Um, but boy, the airfare is expensive. I was already looking for next year. But um, it... Um, it's more about the distributors there, right? It's more a lot of these companies like like yourself will go in and you'll be a part of a distributor's booth. Yeah, it's almost all distributors. I mean, you, right. you once in a while you'll talk to. I mean, there's there's some people there's there's retailers like right. especially German retailers like there's definitely, um, but it's a very it's more to be honest with you for me personally it's much more enjoyable. One is that Fabian will be handling more of the the nitty gritty details of things, so I don't have right. to get involved in that anymore. Um, and there's no real order writing, like the distributor will come by and they'll say, this is, you know, uh, so-and-so from Frankfurt or wherever it is. And, uh, we're showing them a cigar. They'd have me give a little bit of a spiel. They, and then they would talk in German and then off they'd go and the next guy would come. And that's, and that was, and so it was very relaxing you got to, you got, and, and you got to kind of sit and, and, you know, have a coffee and a cigar. Right. And, you know, it, so there was not a lot of pressure there. Um, and, and that's why I said, like, I'll tell you in six months, because uh, there, it's not like PCA where you're sitting there writing orders and things right. like that. The, uh, the, the German distributors writing orders. Uh, and then you have meetings with various international people. And uh, and those are more kind of getting to know people and 
hey, you know, okay, what countries and what would be the framework for distribution there? And 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 it was it was very productive in that sense, but there wasn't a lot of like sitting there filling out an order. Right, right. So you're you're with the German group, and then you have distribution. But if someone came over from like Bulgaria or, or Norway yeah. or something, you you could have a conversation. You could get into conversations with with those folks as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then again, there are people from all over Turkey, Africa, Asia. I mean, uh, the, the people were from all over the place. So. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's an international show. It's truly like, uh, people from all the world. Um, what most impressed you, was there anything that really stood out at the show besides some of the stuff you talked about? Uh, yeah, I, I would just say, yeah, like I said, that, that there was, it was very, it was more laid back and, and really, like I said, I mean, I don't know what they spent on all that stuff, but like, I mean, literally they were serving beer champagne coffee water sprite coke for the whole time all day long every day that in itself must have you know been a a, a fee with the, you know with the labor and everything involved in that yeah and and, and then it was a huge space i mean it was it, it was if it wasn't the biggest booth uh for cigars it was certainly up there so i was very impressed by all that i mean i didn't expect it to be that big i, I thought it was going to be and a lot of it is this way like kind of little kiosk type things for the cigar part of it. Uh, and it wasn't, there was some, some very sizable booths overall and uh, ours uh, or not ours, but the one we were in um, was certainly, uh, was certainly very impressive. Right. That's nice. Now, as far as what you distribute in Germany is what I tend to see with a lot of folks is they don't tend to do the whole portfolio. They do parts of the portfolio. Is that kind of what you guys do? Or do you have the whole yeah. portfolio available? No, it's impossible to do all, everything yeah. over there. It's just too, it's too much. So, uh, right now we have uh, the signature, uh, which oh, you're smoking. Wow. Yes. Uh, we have we have the uh, Agonorous Leaf Validation Connecticut and the Rare Leaf. Those are the, those are the three ones that we have over there. Uh, right. And we have Locos, excuse me, the Lunatic Locos, the the Fat Perfectos. I'm I'm hearing the bigger ring gauges are becoming more popular in Europe, for uh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think they're probably. I think they're kind of. 10 years behind us with that where there's definitely like more of a market than there was before right. but there's still kind of skepticism about it but it was certainly i will say this like almost anyone who came into the booth and saw it because the on the locos it's four and three quarters by 60 four and three quarters by 70 and five and a half by 80 um and and the, and the 80 would definitely catch people's attention like right. they would sit and they would talk and some of them would, would say that they're going to order it because they have a customer that they think would, you know, or they like it or, or they have, you know, tourists that will buy it as a gag or whatever it is, or, the, or it would kind of make the 60 or 70 seem very reasonable. And they'd be like, Oh yeah, I could sell something that size. Um, but I think that's how it started off in the U S to be honest with you. I think that people bought th those big ring gauge cigars as a retailer, just as kind of a gag at first and thought it would be funny. And then it turned out that the customers really wanted to smoke them. And, yeah. uh, and, and then it kind of grew from there. So I yeah. think it's kind of the same kind of point over there now where the retailers are, are willing to bring it in. One thing that definitely for sure over there is that everybody needs cigars. I mean, it's definitely, it was a good year to be there. Yeah. Because the Cuban, Cuban cigars are, are not found. I mean, I, I was at the duty free in Madrid and the, the humidor in, at the duty free was probably 60% empty. And of what was there, I would say 60 to 70% of that was non-Cuban. Right. So you have a humidor that's half empty. And then what it, the other half is, you know, three quarters non-Cuban. That shows you, I mean, that's a traditional market in Spain and Spanish usually get a pretty good supply of Cubans yeah. in the past. So to, to look at, you know, a, a, a 
a duty-free shop in Madrid airport, that empty and with almost all non-Cuban, that tells you that, you know, it's guys are open-minded because you just can't get cigars. Yeah. I know a few folks who have been like going into Eastern Europe and they said the opportunity has been fantastic. I'm sure it's like that with central and Western Europe as well, just where, you know, Hey, they're, they're, um, there's empty shelf space and they want to go, they, you know, they want to get yeah. cigars. Yeah. I can't sell from an empty wagon. They need cigars. So yeah. 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 Yeah, so I mean that's a that's a great opportunity for you guys. So um look look forward to hearing uh the uh adventures there. Now now you were in Germany, you're a beer enthusiast, you're right at the uh edge of Oktoberfest. Did you get a chance to partake in any like October fest type festivities? No, it's funny. Where 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 I was, the word Oktoberfest never came up once anywhere. Like uh mm-hmm. like it just was it wasn't in Bavaria. It's in, I think it's Westphalia is the right. area that Norman is in. I mean, that beer, I th- again, I think it's kind of more, the U.S. is kind of like the zany beer market and we get, it's, you know, super involved in like October. Uh, and right. so, you know, we, it's kind of like, you know, Cinco de Mayo is you know, not that big a thing in Mexico. I think outside of Munich, I don't think it's that big of a thing. I think it's, uh, you know, the, I had some good beers and everything like that, but it was much more laid back. Like nobody was telling me about hops and, and, you know, there wasn't kind of that. <laughs> There wasn't kind of the culture that they have in the U.S. It was more just kind of like uh, something you have with your meal, and, right. it, and and it's good, but they don't spend a lot of time like, you know, going over, uh, you know, all the all the ingredients and talking about that kind of stuff. You know, when I went to Mexico last year it was my first time, and I, I I brought up Cinco de Mayo to someone, and it was like the same reaction I got on that. It was like, yeah. yeah, it's not, it's not. That's more. They said that's more. You guys is what they said. Actually, it's a. Uh, uh, and we were there for like Revolution Week, Revolution Day, which is their Independence Day. That's a, that's actually the bigger celebration yeah. in Mexico. Yeah. So yeah. So go yeah. So I can I can see that as well. But uh, did you? But it looks like you enjoyed yourself. Uh, I saw you guys. You know, you you guys had some good food and stuff like that. So uh, that was good. Yeah, we were right next to the hotel that we kind of purely by chance ended up at. Had a restaurant that everybody went to, and when we got in, it it took like almost twenty four hours to get from the airport in Miami to the hotel in Dortmund and we were pretty beat. So we just went next door and, and, you know, you walk in and Mike Rosales is, is there and AJ Fernandez is there and Sebastian from Cavalier is there. And then another night, Ernie Carrillo is there. And it was just kind of fun. You know, and Christian Arroyo was there and, and um, it was just purely random. It was like, yeah. we, we walked into a restaurant and it wasn't the, the hotel was not the convention center hotel or something. It was probably about a mile and a half away. Yeah, I don't know if this restaurant was just uh, a place that everybody goes to or we were just lucky or what, but there was a whole bunch of people there from the the business. So, but honestly, it was pretty hectic. I mean, you you get there like nine in the morning and you're there till at least six o'clock at night. And usually you go over a little bit. So then it's probably closer to seven. And then you basically go have dinner and go to bed. I mean, it wasn't like, uh, you know, yeah, I had much opportunity to do much beyond that. I was going to say, I was going to just ask you, is there a place where people gathered to smoke after into tobacco? Kind of like what they do at PCA. Outside, a lot of places would let you smoke, uh, you know, and so there's there's a hotel. I forget the name of it. It's uh, the pull. I think it used to be called the Pullman. I don't think it's called that mm-hmm. anymore. But right. It's, it's right. It's right by the uh, the convention center. And, the, and that hotel, you know, a whole bunch of people were yeah. outside, you know, having a beer, a cigar. And, and so most places would let you smoke out, outside. It was more, you know, inside that you would have an, an issue with. Now your twenty-four hour trip was that a planned twenty-four hour trip or was it delays that caused that? It was a little bit delayed, but it was not. I mean, too far off. I mean, it's, you can't really get to Dortmund direct. So yeah, that's what I was looking. Yeah, 
it was it was Miami uh, Heathrow on the way there, and that was a red eye, which was a little delayed. Oh. It was supposed to leave at seven, and then it went oh. till nine. So we we land about like I think nine a.m. or something like that, or in in London, and then uh, um, and then uh, it was three four hour layover, and then another slightly delayed flight to Dusseldorf. We fly to Dusseldorf, then you got to rent a car, rented the car, and it was about an hour to Dortmund from Dusseldorf. So it was a it was a hike. <laughs> it was a hike to get there, but but it was you know it was a really good time. If I ever did that again, I would almost certainly take time right. to go either in earlier or stay after because Man. it was. I mean, that's a that's a heck of a trip to do. And you know, I left on a Tuesday night and I got back uh, Sunday night. So yeah, um, and so and out of that time, about you know, two of those days was entirely spent traveling. So yeah, yeah, we uh, if when I if I go next year, it looks. At least it's in the plan. Uh, my wife and I got to do Austria. She wants to do it. We, we agreed to do it. Austria. I always wanted to go to Austria. That's yeah. the place I haven't been there. Uh, yeah, I think we both have wanted that one. It was between Austria and Spain, but I think this made more sense. It's closer. And then she's gonna fly out of. She's gonna fly home because she doesn't want to stay for the uh, for the show. So yeah. So uh, that's fine. So I'll take a train or something, or drive a car. Uh, I I I would love to drive a car on the autobahn. So. I think, yeah, I, was, I, I think I do good on it, right? Would I do good on the Autobahn, Aaron? Uh, I think you yeah, might Aaron, be outma- you? outmatched on the Autobahn. Never. <laughs> Never. Yeah. You might, you, might, you might learn some lessons on the Autobahn. I taught these people in Texas how to drive. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> lucky you didn't get shot. <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky I didn't get arrested. <laughs> there, there was so many. Like I-40 coming back, there was so many cops on the road. <laughs> I might. I don't know how I didn't get arrested. So. <laughs> oh, so that's good. So no, I'm glad. I'm glad everything worked out for you, Terrence. Um, and uh, that's great news. You know, all around for you. So, uh, so congratulations. Now you mentioned Fabian, right? So Fabian's gonna be handling international now. In the U.S., what's his role gonna be now? In the U.S., is he gonna be? How's he gonna work with you as far as things go with that? We're, we're still kind of figuring that out. Although it's starting to take more shape. Is again, he did a lot of stuff at Drew, so he he was. Uh, he, he, he did international business. He did, uh, you know, the, the West coast for them for, for a while. He did, uh, uh he was, West, yeah. you know, he, he, so yeah, versus a broker. And then as, you know, as a, as a sales rep and then yeah. he, and he did events all over the country. Um, uh, is, you know, I, I don't know what his title was, but, uh, you know, doing event coordination and, and the ten, you know, he was the you know kind of star attraction of that. So a lot of people know him all over the country. Um, and then again, he dealt with some of the bigger guys. So, there's all a bunch of different things he did and it's more like, where is it going to fit best? And, uh, whatever that is, he'll kind of push more into that role and I'll focus more on what, you know, the other things that are remaining. So, um, it's been, it's been great having him because it's, it's been like, I mean, the company is significantly larger than it was when I started and it's basically all the same people. And so, you know, it's, it gets hard to keep up with, you know, or to scale up, um, you know, unless you're bringing other good people to help. And, and so he's definitely, um, even though already been a huge athlete. A lot of experience he's gotten. Like I said, it was, a, I think you guys surprised a lot of people uh, that, you know, when he came back, he came back with you guys. So I think it was a, a nice surprise for a lot of people to see him come back. Yeah. And he's, and another thing that's great is, is like, we, you know, when he came in, it also was kind of like, well, is there anything particular you'd like to do? You know, you did these things where, where 
we have a few areas that you could focus on. And he just said, Hey, I'm here to help whatever you guys need me to do. And so he just said, okay, well, let's see what, uh, you know, where it fits best and in, in what, in, in what area. And, uh, and he'll, you know, focus more and more on that. And then I'll start uh, focusing on some of the other stuff that I do. I did see you threw him on the loading dock one day though. He, he brought that out himself. He, 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 I, you know, it's funny. He does these things and then I take a picture and then everyone thinks I made him do it. You know? But he, he, he was just helping out. You know, I did that in the beginning. My back is shot. So I'm not doing that stuff anymore. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, let me tell you, you're not getting, I'm not going to complain about it. I would have did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but he, but he felt, you know, he went and helped unload the truck. So God bless him. He's a good man. Yeah. Helping yeah. out, helping, taking one for the team. Yeah. Do you see more like, uh, Events probably are going to be a big part of what he does, I assume, too. I mean, he's done a lot of those. Yeah, you know, uh, he definitely, uh, that's another attribute he has to do, like the event, having more structured event program, having yeah. uh, having more kind of organization than that. I think that he'll definitely bring that to the table, you know, from his experience with Drew. And and uh, and again, he was, with, with, he was with Drew in the very beginning and saw it all the way through the Swisher buyout and, for a couple of years beyond that. And so yeah. he, he really saw the things that you need to do to, to reach those levels and the things not to do is probably I'm sure as well. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's, it's good to have somebody that can say, you know, yeah, I've, I've seen this before I've been there and this is what the next step is. So uh, it, it's, that's awesome. Awesome. A good guy. So I'm glad you guys, uh, you guys seem to hit it off really well as well. So yeah. So it's been uh, great working with him. He's, he's yeah, awesome. We're, we're blessed to have him. Yep. All right, so let's kind of turn. I think you guys, uh, Terrence, have had a pretty big year. I mean, honestly, there's been a lot of products that you guys have come out with this year. Um, so I want to just kind of we'll, we'll touch on 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 I think most of them here. Uh, and I'll start off with, with one of the ones at the trade show. And and this one, Terrence, I thought was a really interesting move that you guys made with the new Cuba line, um, where you you kind of you know you kind of changed what you're doing with new cuba so let's uh, talk about first of all what new cuba is and what you guys did different this year with new cuba new cuba has been our uh our, is our bundle cigar it yeah. competes with like the, the the quorums of the world and the factory smokes from drew estate and you know whatever else falls into that ca- kind of category it's a cuban sandwich cigar that i mean i don't even want to know how we come up with the prices on them because i don't want to be thrown in jail if there's some sort of tax evasion going on or something but they're <laughs> they're they're incredibly inexpensive and uh and 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 a good smoke again i mean like it's not something that you're not getting uh you know the smoke of your life out of it but certainly solid cigar uh and especially if you're on a budget you can smoke them they're very like i i i enjoy them when i smoke them um that said like i think that we felt that there was kind of like one thing is that we don't have really any cigars for somebody that's never had a cigar before or doesn't smoke that often really um and and that kind of thing it's not really uh, much we've done that's focuses on that type of customer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we don't, you know, we had the new Cuba, which is uh, kind of in the, um, a very affordable price point range, but it's also in a bundle. So not, you know, some people, they want to buy something right. that's in a box. They feel that's kind of part of the appeal. And then, you know, then there's like a gap towards JFR. The JFR is also bigger ring gauge, not all, but a lot of it is. Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, a, a more, a cigar for a more experienced smoker. So, we kind of had that gap there. And so with the new Cuba, it's, it's a long filler. So it's not a Cuban sandwich, uh, you know, the way the, the original new Cuba is and um, a, a very affordable six, a six fifty to seven fifty, I believe is the, is the price point range. Um, and, and also uh, um, 
you know, approachable, you know, you can, you can give those to, you know, a new customer, somebody that doesn't smoke that much. And uh, like I said, they're light, sweet, and delicious. So it's a, uh, it's, it's hopefully going to be something that will appeal to that customer. Also, one thing we've noticed with new Cuba on, even on the bundle side, a lot of people will go into a cigar shop and say, well, do you have any Cuban cigars, you know, and then the retailer will have to patiently explain about how, no, you know, you can't sell them. If you go to Cuba or internationally, you can bring some back, but you can't sell them, blah, blah, blah. And right. then the next question is always, well, you know, do you have any cigars for like, you know, four or $5 <laughs> or something yeah. like that? Uh, and, and so sometimes going to buying new Cuba, you know, which is, uh, you know, comes into two to $3 range simply, simply because it says Cuba on it, you know? Right. And so yep. it's like, what, what Cubans were you smoking for three bucks? But, <laughs> but, uh, but, but it, it, it works. And so like, I think having, you know, a nice presentation with a long filler cigar, a premium, uh, cigar, um, at a good price point with, with that presentation with a, a very approachable blend, um, it's going to start shipping next month. So, you know, until then we don't really, you know, this is all, uh, just in my head, but I, I think it's going to be one of our biggest lines, you know, it, it eventually it's not, you know, it takes time to develop these things. Yep. There's the packaging. Um, yeah, I, Terrence, I thought it was a really good move what you guys did with that. But again, I think you, I don't want to say you didn't have a gateway cigar, but you didn't have that gateway mild cigar. Right. Yeah. So this, yeah. We didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because there, you know, there's you have Connecticut's and stuff like that, but I think this is there is a definite market for this, um, as far as that goes. Yeah, I think it's the majority of the market. I mean, we get caught up yep. here, you know, with uh, all three of us talking, being in the business, being something that we really are passionate about and care about, and everything else. And for the average person, cigars are something they do on an occasion if they right. do it at all, you right. know. And so it's like we're going golfing, let's get some cigars, going to a wedding, let's get some cigars. Uh, you know, John's having poker night. Let's get some cigar. It's more like right. that. And they're not thinking too deeply into things, you yeah. know, like, so you have to have something that is easily relatable to them at a good price that looks quality and in, in smokes that way and in, is approachable. And so that's most of the people out there. Um, so, you know, we kind of were losing out, I think, by not having a cigar for that, that customer. And again, it goes into our overall game plan of, you know, COVID, you know, was a, was a, was a wonderful thing in the sense of, of the cigar industry. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Obviously, it was not uh, good for a lot of people uh, in a lot of ways. But in the cigar industry, there's no question the industry uh, you know, had, a, had a huge uh, boost because of it. Yeah. And, no, I- and, and obviously, that's, that's coming to an end. I mean, people now have less time and or less money or both. You know, uh, it, it, you know family wants to go on vacation. They have to go back to the office a few days. Uh, you know inflation things cost more um and so they just don't have as much time or money so you need new people whoever you have is going to not be able to enjoy cigars as much as they have in the past couple of years so you need to expand your audience because of that and yeah. and, and new cuba uh, superior that was that was one of the ideas uh you know of it is that this gives us a customer that we don't currently have yeah and i think you have a lot of possibility to grow that as a brand too i mean obviously you're starting out with the connecticut so i mean i think the, there's a good opportunity there um do you see this like well you know the agonorsa has a pro the agonorsa smoker has a profile yeah. now do you see them maybe th- there's something that would appeal for them or is this no this you're going to go for focus on a different segment of the market yeah i, I don't i think they'll i mean there'll be people that you know for, fortunately we have that will will are always curious to try anything we make, you know? Yep. And so that's, and, and we're, we're super appreciative for that because it's good to have people that will literally yeah. have that kind of 
faith in you to just be like, okay, it's Aganor, so I'm going you know, to try it. Yeah. Um, but it, it's not really meant for them, and it probably won't be, in most cases, the cigar that they'll go back to. It'll be you know something that yeah. they'll try and say, oh, this is you know this would be a good offering for somebody that they're talking about, and then they'll go back to smoking Anniversario rarely for validation or, yeah. or JFR or whatever else it is. Um, so it, it's not really meant for, for that group, but, um, although, you know, they're welcome to enjoy it to the extent that they do. Um, it's more to bring in new smokers that aren't currently smoking Aganars. Yeah. I will tell you a story about the, the, the bundle new cube is, uh, Paul Palmer about uh, 10 years ago, you know, he did one of the smoke this cigar and tell me what you'd pay for it. One of those deals. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and I, and I gave a, a price that was pretty high, like eight bucks. Right. Yeah. And and then he told me, and now every time I get asked that question, I'll never call you bucks again because I know people are trying to do. But it, it yeah. did smoke. It did smoke really good. It was a very good bundle. Um, I st- I stopped doing that because some people would get embarrassed or mad. But yeah, I mean, I, I well, that, yeah. Did. Now I just say you don't want my yeah. answer because when you ask me, you're not asking me to, to you know, well, I'm not gonna well, say twenty dollars. Eight bucks isn't outrageous or anything like that, but I mean, I've, I've had this is 10 years like ago. 12. Don't get to, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. But I've, you know, I've had people say $12, yeah. th- you know, $13 and so, you know, it, it retails for $2.50. Yeah. And so yeah. sometimes that kind of can rub a person the wrong way, you know, it kind of yeah. make them look bad. So I don't do that anymore. But to the, the point is, is that people thought it was, you could, you know, it could sell for that much, you yeah. know, so it, it's a good cigar. Yep. No, it's good. And then on the flip side, you you came out with a forty dollars cigar this year, um, but a very big cigar. It's a lot of tobacco yes. and a ten a ten by one hundred. So uh, ten by one hundred. What was that? Yep, ten by one hundred. Yep. Ten by one hundred. Yeah, the, yep. the size so, that shall not be named. That's what we're calling. <laughs> I was going to say. Well, you just took my question. I was like, you guys have an opportunity to name the Vitola here. I mean, you guys are uh, uh, beyond the pale. I don't. Know. Yeah, <laughs> the size that shall not be named is is the name. But again, like I'll tell you, I'll, it was kind of in the same way with in Germany with the you know with the the Grand Locos. People would come to the booth just to look at it, and and with that cigar, there was three reactions to it. It was either like, oh, I got to have this. I got guys for this. And they would just, they would buy a whole bunch. Uh, or it would be like, uh, it was kind of like a car accident. They were like, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll take a couple of these just to see, you know, they were kind of skeptical, but they, they took a couple. And then you had the people that were like, I could sell these, but I will not buy something like this. Uh, and so, <laughs> And, and and so they just wouldn't do it out of you know out of principle. So, but it, it was it was it was a talking point. Um, and I, I can't tell you know, how many people were like, oh, we're going to have a contest when we get them in of smoking yeah. them and and how long. And it, it it's brought again to back to the point of it brought a lot of attention to us. And if it's sitting, even if it sits, you know, on the shelf for a little bit, uh, people walk by and look at that and they go, oh my god, look at yeah. this. Can you smoke that? Yeah. Oh yeah. And then they look and they see like you know. Uh, a 770 and they go, oh, look at that small little cigar. And then they buy one of those, you know? Yeah. So it, uh, it, it definitely like gives you, you know, some uh, perspective with the, you know, with the other sizes and it brings attention to the brand from, yeah. to people that may not have, you know, heard of, heard of us or, or whatever else. So again, it serves a purpose and that also in October will be shipping. That's great. You know, I, I looked at it and I said, you know, I, could, I have an 80 ring gauge cutter. I said, I could probably get the 80 ring gauge cutter to cut that you know because it's anything bigger than an 80 it's it's very hard to cut it let me put it like this we don't have an 80 ring gauge even if you have an 80 ring gauge you gotta have an 80 ring gauge cutter otherwise you're not gonna be able to cut it but but i looked at that i'm like okay i could get the 80 ring gauge cutter on that and get a get a clean cut on that so that's something that appealed to me i don't know i don't know how much it tape i i couldn't figure out how much it tapered if i could get a 60 cutter on it that i couldn't really tell i'd have to kind of actually put the cutter on it to see 
Yeah, you could. I think you could probably get. It. Well, I don't know. Definitely the eighty. Stick with the eighty. Just be safe. Yeah, uh, it's a. You know, it's. Uh, I, and plus, it was fun to, to make jokes. You know, I'd say it takes a whole plant of tobacco to make this cigar, and they'd go, they'd go, really, and I'd go, no, but you believe me. And then, uh, or like you can, you can, you can, you know, bury yourself in it after you smoke it or whatever. You know, because the you know the box it comes in, it looks like a little casket. You know, so you can, you know, just fun stuff like that. Like, again, it's just it's just stuff that. And in this particular instance, uh, and it, it smokes like, and I actually smoked one. So I, I know because I wanted to make sure that it would actually, um, you know, function correctly. Right. And, uh, and it's, it's, it, it smoked really well. And it was, it took about six hours to get most of the way through, but, uh, um, you know, it's anything that, that gets people talking and gets people interested and hopefully turns them onto the brand, even if not particular Vitola isn't what they end up grabbing you know maybe they grab something else so let me ask you like, I don't, if you don't know the answer to this that's fine so that cigar 10 by 100 the leaves i mean you guys can't use every leaf i mean you you gotta have a certain size leaf to do that right yeah no yeah there's certain size i think right. it's like 20 leaves i think the total amount right. is 20 leaves wow but the wrapper now the wrapper i mean you have to have a big wrapper for that no you need a big wrapper yeah and that's yeah to be honest with you it's it's a very difficult cigar to make. Quite I would frankly. I would we, imagine, we, yeah. We we had to have custom molds. Um, people rolling it again. They're not used to rolling something that big, so it's a little different in terms of the the feel on the table yeah. and everything like that. Um, and then you need a wrapper that is big enough that to cover that cigar that won't crack, that won't you know have yeah. problems with it. So it, it was actually quite difficult to to make them. Um, it, and uh, again, make, it makes them well, which is what we want. We, we want somebody that smokes that, you know, even as a joke to be like, oh man, what a great cigar. And, you know, and either want to smoke another one or be like, okay, you know, let me try the short Robusto. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then hopefully turn them onto the brands, do that. Yeah. And, and I guess you guys made a decision. I haven't seen a lot of companies do this, but you're selling them individually as opposed to in, in yeah. boxes, right? Yeah, yeah, it just made it, you know, it made it easier because of the size of it. If it was a box of even 10, I think some guys would have been like, I don't know if I can sell 10. Yeah. Like I said, there was three types. Some people were like, give me, give me 100 or whatever it was, you know, and then, and then, uh, you know, th there was that middle category that were intrigued by it, but didn't want to make a huge commitment. So, yeah. like, you know what, give me, give me, give me three of them. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll put them in each, in one of each of my stores, see what yeah. happens, you know, that kind of thing. What? Let me just put it like this, and I, I don't know what Asylum's numbers were. I had trouble getting the 90 cigar. The fr I, I couldn't get it till the second run. And even the second run, I had trouble getting it. It was, uh, yeah. it, people had them and they sold out as fast to them, is what I'm just saying. So, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's yeah. one of these things that, you know, when I joined the company, I, I you know, we were more making 10 by 100s back then, but I was like, God, eight by 80, four and three quarters by sevens, and seven, 70. I was like, why do we make all these cigars this size? And then I looked at the sales and I was like, Oh, well, that's why let's leave Let's leave those cash cows alone. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and again, they're, they're, they're well-made. I can, I can say, you know, hand to God that I've never in terms of flavor, never had any problems or, or anything with, with any of them. And in some of the cases, I would even say that the flavor is even better. Like on the, the lunatic torch line, the 70 to me is the most flavorful one. It's not my size. It's not something that I would prefer to smoke be, right. because of that. But but it, when you when you smoke it, when we validate, you know, which we have to do, right. uh, it, it's the most enjoyable one in terms of the taste, in my opinion. So it, like it, they're they're made to be really enjoyed. And one of the things you always have to remember is that like 
this is number one, it's not my company, but even if it, if it were like, it's not about me, it's about the consumer. And so we're here to yeah. deliver what the consumer wants in the best form that we can do that in. And, uh, and I think that's why our big ring gauges are as successful as they are, is that we, we really put out a great cigar in that format, if that's what you like. Yeah, I mean, that's how the Lunatic started. Was I think the 80 was the first uh, one yeah. that was released. And that yeah. had the Bellicosa tip as well, which I thought yeah. was great with that. Because at the time, I didn't have an 80 ring gauge cutter. So <laughs> so I used, I, used my, I used my normal cutter, and I was able to cut it. So, Well, good. Uh, See, we were thinking about you. Uh, I, 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 I think I smoked it. Uh, Paul was doing an event at Pipe and Pint uh, years ago, and, and I smoked it like uh, basically during the afternoon. <laughs> so I was up there. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but God bless you. Yeah, that was good. It's good. I like big. I like big ring cigars. I have a rep. Yeah, I'm, I'm the guy on my team who likes big ring cigars. The rest of my guys, you're not going to get their sales, so I'll make up for it. Is what I say. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Coop. Yeah, 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 At yeah, least yeah. we got you. Yeah, yeah. We got to get Eric to smoke that cigar. I want Eric <laughs> Gutmerson to smoke that cigar. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, we'll see. You know, that'd be a great. You know, show just we'll do a live stream with the whole smoke it the whole time. See how. You know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then yep. Um. Next thing, anniversary of Connecticut. Uh, so that's the next anniversary you, you've got coming out there. So that's a line that continues to grow for you guys. And I guess Connecticut was the next natural progression. Yeah, that, I mean, that line has done really, really well for us uh, with, with, the, with the rebrand that and the, the, and the validation as well. But the, again, anniversary is uh, everything we do. We try to come out with a great price point and it's not like, okay, how much can we ring out of people for this thing? But the, the anniversary is, uh, is on the high end of what we do. It's, you know, 15 to $17 around there, um, which is not in, inexpensive. You know, that's yep. uh, for a lot of people, you know, a lot of money they'd have to take out of their wallet. Um, but it's done incredibly well. I mean, it's just uh, people look at it. They like the way it looks. Um, they they pick it up and they smoke it and God bless them. They keep coming back to it. So it, it's been, a, it's been a very successful line for us. And that's your, that would you say that's your most premium line, the anniversary? Yeah, that's available. That's available to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's available that, to everybody. Yeah. 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 yeah the, definitely the, uh, the anniversary. Yeah. I still love those Corojos there too. That's, that's the one, um, that's the, I remember when they first came out, like, and they were, it was called actually something else. I think it was called yeah. Bohem back then. Yeah. La Bohem or something. Somebody yeah. was an opera fan or something. I don't know. Back yeah. Then. Yeah. It was, so uh, we, we, we got rid of all those names again. And I, I personally like opera, but you know, we, we did a sur I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but we did a survey a couple of years ago, you know, not too long after I joined with, you know, we sent it out to all the retailers and probably 200 responded about more or less. And it was kind of like, okay, what do we do? Well, what do we not do? Well, what do you think? Of or so? Yeah. And one of the big, the biggest takeaway was basically like your packaging and your branding is super confusing. Mm -hmm. People don't know what a La Boheme is. People don't know, you know, why is this box 25 cigars, but then the Robusto is, is 20 cigars, uh, you know, just stuff like that. And, and, and it was very, it was very confusing. So, we 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 made a big effort in the last couple of years, especially after COVID. When one of the scariest things was during COVID, retailers would tell me that uh, you know a customer would call the store, they couldn't go inside, so they were going to do a pickup, and uh, you know at the door, and they'd be like, you know, just give me a box that cigar I always buy. Well, which one? You know, it's on the right hand side of the humidor. It's like <laughs> got well, the white the label on it. Yeah, yeah. They don't. I mean, and they smoke it all the time. They don't yeah. know the name of it. They don't know what size it is. They don't know. So if if somebody that doesn't you know, it doesn't know what they're smoking. How are they going to end up with your cigar when it's, when already they're, yeah. they don't even, they can't tell you a cigar that they smoke every day. So again, making the arm more prominent on everything, 
uh, calling things by, you know, Busto Toro, putting the sizes on the box, things like that. It's, yeah. That stuff just makes it easier for a person to walk in, look at it, and, and have a sense of they'll like it or not, instead of just being confused and being like, well, what, you know, what is what does La Boheme mean? <laughs> yeah, I, actually, I can see why you did that with the anniversario because originally the Maduros and the Coros had white labels, right? Yeah. But now, you know, oh, which one? Well, I don't know. I had the white label, you know. Now, now at least you yeah. can say one has, you know, the different color labels. I, I see that. Yeah, you know, it's got an arm on the label. It was a white band. I mean, yeah, you can, you yeah. can figure that out from there, you know, yeah. because that's, it's, think how much effort it goes to try, try to get a person to smoke a cigar, you know. Yeah. So the guy's got to walk in that humidor and by some miracle of everything that's in there, walk out with your cigar. Yeah. And then he goes and he smokes it and then hopefully he enjoys it. And then the next time he goes into the store or another store, he goes, Hey, I had this cigar. I really enjoyed, man. I'd love to get it again. What's the name of it? Oh, I don't know. Was this it? And then at the end of the conversation, he just goes, Oh, and he, and he buys whatever he was regularly going to buy anyway. And, uh, you know, he, you lost him. So we did all this work. He loved the cigar. He could have had a lifetime customer and he can't remember what it's called. So that's the <laughs> end of that. And so, and so that's really, you know, problematic for a, for a company. And so everything we're trying to do is make it easier to identify the brand or the, the particular line, you know, through color, through clear names and all that kind of stuff. Now, on the flip side, Terrence, you guys have done a lot of packaging changes and you've done multiple iterations of that. Any concern that now that may be getting too confusing because there has been so many much. Yeah, but I, I mean, confusing to who, for instance, who, who would be confused? Well, the fact that, you know, um, oh, for example, okay, signature, right? Yeah. yeah. Like people may think this is a different cigar than now that you have the uh, you have the red and the black, is what I'm saying. No, um, absolutely. I, I mean, some people I'm sure think that. You know, or they, rare they leaf realize. went through, a, or rare leaf went through a packaging change pretty quick. You know, it was yeah. only out for less than two years, and it went to. So that that's kind of what I'm. It's it's just kind of I just wonder if that's something that's been on you guys' mind as well. I mean, anytime you change anything, there's there's somebody that. Even with the old Casa Fernandez stuff, to this day, there's people that, you know, our good old Gil, our, our, our uh, Gil who does uh, our videos for us. Uh, if you've ever seen any of our YouTube yeah. videos or um, he's an amazing guy. He likes the old, old packaging more. He's always smoking the old bands. So, some, you know, again, you can't make everybody happy. What you have to look at is, is this going to grow the brand? And so every change has grown in more. When, when we came in and it was Tabsa, Connecticut. We changed. It was a dead brand. It didn't sell. I mean, at all. It was just sitting there on the sh on shelves. Or do so. Was there some people out there that liked it? Probably. But it I was one. Of, I, I always thought that was one of your hidden gems when that Agonistic Kinetic first came out. So, yeah. so then we, we we did the you know the the first uh, ch changes where you know Miami was replaced with uh, Agonor sleeve, and we put some ribbons and the boxes became a little bit more you know, uh, and then sales were. I mean, it was night and day. It was, it was, you know, was, was there somebody that was probably confused that it was Tabsa? Well, you know, that guy was replaced by 10 people that never heard of the brand that now tried it because they knew it was Agonorsa or they could look different or more appealing to them or whatever it is. So, so for us, it's just, it's, it's when, when you change something, is it going to increase the number of people that are going to smoke it? And, uh -huh. and, and you obviously, Anytime you do anything different, you lose some people. But if the overall gain is greater than the loss, then it's worth doing. And so that's why I don't really mind changing anything at any time. Because if if, if that means it's going to drive more people to the brand because it's clearer, because it's more attractive, because of whatever reason, I, I, I'm, I'm not worried that you know somebody's going to be like, oh, well, I don't know what this is, or oh, the, the old packaging was better, or anything like that. It just it doesn't have any. Um, you know, you can't live, you can't operate being concerned about those things. You have yeah. to just take, take right. whatever 
is the best. And like I said, especially in the instance of the root relief, especially, and you'll see it continue, is that we want the arm on everything. We want people going, you know, it's the one with the arm. The, with the, yeah. With the, yeah. Because, because people can't remember names. They can't remember names. They don't remember what they're smoking. And, yeah. and, and you spend all this time and energy getting them to try it. And if, and, you know, God forbid they like it, uh, you yeah. know, they can't, they can't, fi- they can't find it again because right. they don't know the name. They don't know. So anything we can do to increase the odds of that happening um, is, is to me worth doing, whether that's, you know, right away or in 10 years or three years or whatever it is. You guys are packaging. I think one of the big things you've done with it, uh, and I think this is a very big positive, is the packaging's gotten much more vibrant uh, with the colors. I mean, uh, not that you had all black and white packaging beforehand, but obviously the, the colors are, are very bold. I mean, it's not just I know I know there's been mixed talk on the Supreme Leaf. I love the colors, by the way, just so you know, um, because you. I think it really helps these. I mean, it, I go into a humidor now and I could I really could just gravitate to a section without thinking much anymore with the color. I mean, the colors really make it stand out. Yeah, that's the idea. And again, we worked with the designer. I can't take any credit for this. Yeah. We had a guy that uh, does this for a living and, and knows that certain colors mean certain things and how to differentiate and how to make a, you know, a, a, you know, word marks and all the, all yeah. these types of things that we don't really think about. And that a consumer certainly doesn't think about, but that has a, an impression on them on some level, uh, either conscious or unconscious. And so that, that was the goal. So it's great to hear that is that, is that they walk in the humidor, they notice it, they, they recognize it as Aganorsa, that is it's the same company, that there's a clear differentiation between the different things you're looking at. Oh, that's Connecticut, that's Habano, that's Maduro. Oh, this is Anniversario. This looks a little bit more high-end than this one over here. So it, it's it's meant to be, uh, try to be as communicative as it can be without which we, we're blessed to have plenty that do this, have a, a store with employees that walk in the store and say, oh, yeah, you got to try Aganorsa. Of course, that's and we work very hard with our retail yep. partners to have that. But uh, most consumers just don't buy that way. And lots of stores don't have people that do that. So you, you, you always start with, how's this guy going to walk in that humidor and walk out with our cigars? And you're trying to improve those odds as much as possible. Right, right. Now, you have a couple of limited, more limited lines, uh, and they're limited in different ways. So you have Supreme Leaf, which is, I would say, limited production, right? That's a limited production. Yeah. And then you have Rare Leaf, which I would say is more limited distribution. Yeah, exactly. So so uh, uh, yeah. Supreme Leaf, you know, is, is kind of a standard in the sense of that, you know, it comes out once or twice a year. This year, it's going to actually be twice. Last year, it was once. Mm-hmm. Before that, it was twice. Although this, the release that's coming out now is only for our select account partners. Right. We're, tr- we're trying to, you know, make sure we you know, we keep the quality and, and and get it out. We'd like to get it out twice a year, but not suffer on the quality. And so the only way to do that this year, um, based on inventory was to, was to limit it. And, and we, we did it to, with, uh, just our Agnorsa select partners. We'll get this next size. It'll be next year. It'll be back to everybody having the potential to get it. Right. Um, but, but, you know, so that, that's kind of a standard thing with, with rare leaf. Again, the idea was to utilize tobaccos that, um, we, we don't have tons of, um, but rather than just come out with it and, and it go away. And then there's always problems with stuff going, you know, when you, t- one is that, you, you know, you never know if you'll get that shelf space back right. Two, the retailer gets kind of mad because he's like, I got guys asking for it and I can't get it. And now he's calling other stores looking for it. You know, my, I want to take care of my customer. So, or then you start making more and diluting it. And then they get mad that it's not, you know, oh, it's not the same blend and everything else. So. There's a lot of challenges there uh, with with that, and so we were trying to look at easing some of that. With, where with Rare Leaf, you can your select account, and there's only about 150 of them nationwide, so there's not that many. You can order this all the time. You can get it in customers' hands. 
they have to come back to you. We're one of only 100 and other 50 retailers right. in the country for this product. Um, and, uh, and that seems to, to work pretty well. So we, we've, you know, we've been, uh, we've been doing that for the last couple of years. Which is more, more challenging, like, which gives you more headaches, managing the limited production of the Supreme Leaf or the limited distribution of the Rare Leaf, which is like more of a headache, you would say. Yeah, I mean, more of this, more of the Supreme. That's one yeah. of the reasons the Rare is that the, the Rare helps kind of solve some of those yeah, problems. Yeah. You, you can say, you know, listen, join our select program if you want access to it. You know, you that can, makes so, it, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but you do get problems at the show where they come and they go, oh, I'd like to take a couple boxes of those. And you explain, oh, you got to be in our select program. They go, well, I'll join right now. It's like, well, that's not how it works. You have to <laughs> yep. join at the beginning of the year. And so then, and then they get kind of upset about that. So you, you, you get some problems once in a while with that, but for the most part, it's the limited stuff that, that, that's problematic. They, they, they don't get enough of it if they, or they forget to, you know, forget to order or nobody told them to order it, or, or they say they didn't, nobody told them to order it and they missed out and order that, you know, whatever it is. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff like that, but it does, it creates demand. It creates people. I mean, I'll tell you the most powerful thing you can get is that passion for the product. And when people walk into stores and go, Oh man, oh, you got this. Oh, that's amazing. Or they say, Hey, where's the, where's the rare leaf? Where's the Supreme leaf? Yeah. Retailers listen to that. And they go, oh, we got customers yeah. that will buy it. I mean, that's the biggest, yeah. what's, what do people, you know, what's the determining factor? If I can guarantee you, whatever you buy from me, you're going to sell. It's very easy to sell. Uh, and so you, you need to have those guys going in there. Um, that are passionate for the brand and and are and are asking for it and 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 that way the retailer knows oh okay well if this comes in I have a, I have a market for it so yep and the other difference is that rarely it's more criollo heavy right that's kind of what the difference is with that one yeah and rare leaf is much so again we just to, for somebody that doesn't you know know about this uh, uh -huh. we our, our two primary seed varietals are corojo ninety nine halapa and criollo ninety eight estelle right and everything has those. To some degree, uh, it's kind of, I always, I always say, Aganors is kind of like a, a scotch bar. You know, there's okay. all different types of scotch. There's, uh, you know, peated scotch. There's mm -hmm. uh, sherry cask, oak. But if I have a scotch and you like scotch, you know what you're going to get into if I offer you something. Hey, would you like to try this bottle of scotch? Sure, because you like scotch. And so Aganors is kind of like that. But there's all different expressions, but you kind of know what you're getting into because of those two seed bridles being the backbone of the blends. Um, and, and so, uh, Supreme Leaf is much more Corojo 99 dominant. Um, there's more spice to it. Makes you, uh, you know, it's got, you really creates that salivation on the sides of your mouth. Paul Palmer always calls uh -huh. that a gusher. Um, and, uh, and, and, and then, uh, rare has got more earth to it, more grit, yep. uh, the salt that you get on the roof of the palate. Um, it's, so they're two very different flavor profiles. Yep. Yep. Now you did that one for smoke in the fusion. Right. Yeah. What was different about that one? Like, because I know you guys use Corojo and Criollo in a lot of your blends. So, what was different about that fusion? What made that one different? What we combined the tobaccos that are used in both of those two. So it was literally and, the tobaccos from both of those blends yeah. we put together. Which, which, to be honest with you, you're, you're always skeptical of because it's one of these things where it's like, ah, oh, you know, I like lobster and I like chocolate right. cake. Let's combine them. It doesn't, you know, <laughs> work out necessarily. Yeah. You know, like it's, they're they're good, but the, just because you, you mix them together doesn't make them better or even good um but it really worked out we we we, we did we did samples of it sent it to him uh, and he was like oh no this is this is perfect this is it you know and and it, it was a great brand it's very it's balanced between uh the corojo and the criollo tobaccos and and uh it was you know uh, i've heard nothing knock on wood but good feedback about it so we're very pleased with that and, you know and again that's more abe I, I don't have that many good ideas that was abe's idea so uh you know i i just kind of try to listen and you know Right. See if there's something there. And if there is, let's do it.
Yeah. And that was a one and done release. That's not an ongoing, right? Yeah, that we just did one and done. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. And then we were just talking about Supreme Leaf and, and you guys one thing I think you guys do like it kind of floats in the right. You do some cool sizes of these cigars, right? You did now you're doing the perfecto and supreme leaf. You guys like doing some of these really cool sizes, especially in the lunatic line, I've noticed. Yeah, again, you know, there's a lot of Toros on the market. And again, we, we yeah. make lots of Toros as well. But yeah. like, when you come out with things, you have to... When One of the things that I'm always thinking about is how does somebody end up buying this over everything else in the universe? And is there... Who's that person? And you try to keep that in mind when it's, you know, when you're coming out with a brand or coming out with a size or anything else. And so yeah. we... Ha- and that is... We have a huge advantage for that because there's just not that many 10 by 100s or 8 by 80s or 770s on the market. And, and to be honest with you, it sounds like it would be, oh, yeah, they just make a bigger cigar. It's easy to make. You know, not, there's not as much, uh, you know, uh, like a Lancero has much less margin of error or whatever. But to make those big green gauges well consistently is very difficult because you need to use a, a lot more tobacco. So there's more errors in that sense. You can, you know, when you have more leaves, there's more leaves that could be inconsistent. Yeah. And the wrapper, you need a you need a wrapper that can fit a cigar that big. You get a lot of cigars that have cracks and you know popping and all that kind of stuff. And some people just, I think when the big green gauges first came out, a lot of people were like, "These gringos are just nuts." And so right. like they just packed them with extra filler, <laughs> and you know, and that was the and that was it. And, right. we, and as far as I know, and certainly as the time I've been here, we blend to the size. Yeah. So that if that's your size, you're getting uh, an outstanding expression of Aganorsa. So would you consider Lunatic as a brand that kind of sandbox or that brand where you you do these wacky sizes? I mean, is that the kind of the home that basically it's it's for? Whether it's big ring gauges or shag foots or you know, uh perfectos, things like that. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, yeah. It, 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 you know, Lunatic and you know is kind of crazy thing. So yeah. these are crazy, kind of crazy sizes, different sizes. It's it's more, I mean you have, you have different types of consumers and some people are, are more apt to, to try something that's different or looks different or is, you know, more modern in its appearance or its presentation or whatever it is. Um, and then, and then again, like that's why, you know, anniversary is kind of more standard type sizes. Not there's, we don't, yeah. we don't have a 60 in any of them. Um, be a good idea. And, well, just, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't mind it. We got a lot of, we got a lot of 60s. So, Okay, <laughs> but I don't think for the most part, like you know, and and and, and even on the um, anniversario, there's a you know, fifty two is the Toro, fifty four is the Robusto, kind of you know, sure, yeah, it makes a, sense, a bigger Robusto, yeah. and uh, and then fifty eight is the Grand Toro, and the Grand Toro in all three lines, I'd say, is the slowest seller uh, because it, it's it, that's that consumer is looking for something more classic. They're looking yeah. for that Toro. They're looking so so yeah if. It has to it has to match the the the, the size or the the uh, the blend has to match the, the presentation. Yeah, make that makes that that makes sense uh, for sure, for sure. Um, before we kind of get to the next segment, um, tobacco. So you guys, you know, leaf is your strength. I mean, you guys are all about the leaf. Last five years, you you guys have come out with a a couple of new varietals, or new, you know, namely the shade grown Maduro. Corojo no. Maduro and the 2012 varietal of the Corojo. How is how is that going right now? I know sometimes it takes a while to get these things introduced and you know, obviously get blends, but where do you guys see yourselves as a company with both of those tobaccos right now? So, uh, the 2012 um, will we'll probably you know 
keep developing that one it it grows uh a little bit easier than the 99 and so it, certainly on the on the on the selling side right. you know that's there's always some appeal to to, to yeah. that that it's it's more disease resistant and uh, and things like that right um and, and, and we're implementing into blends you know we, we we've had the cerberus which uses it as a wrapper mm-hmm. uh i know went uh, Lugione, i believe the piven uses it as a filler yep um so it's it's being incorporated and again you have to be careful you know you don't want to yeah. change things too much so but, uh on the, the shade grown coral maduro we have a few uh, uh blends that utilize it and we haven't really been able to scale it up any further than that it's very difficult to grow maduro in nicaragua and, and yeah uh, we just haven't been able to to harness it to a degree where we can really increase uh utilizing it beyond what we already do if you were telling a customer, for example, with the with the Corolla 2012 versus the Corolla 99, like if customers like, how would you, what would you tell a customer? What's different about those two? You know, from a from a taste, maybe like what would what would you expect to be different with those? Twelve is much more leathery. It has like a very uh, leathery yeah. characteristic. It, it coat. It's kind of it's not is clean. Like the 99 right. is a cleaner finish. The the 2012, you know, is more cloying. It kind of coats your your palate a little bit more. Um, we, 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 at our, um, Agonors experience events, we incorporate all three. And in now I was going to ask um, you that. I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we are using it, especially if they have Cerberus. Um, obviously we'll do that. If, if they don't, you know, we might do it if they've already done an Agonors experience before, just to add another component yeah. to it. Um, but yeah, the, the key, the key element is Corojo 99, Corojo 98 from Jalapa and Esteli and that synthesis is 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 the basis of everything. So we don't want to like do anything that will like overshadow that. Right. Um and as far as the traditional habano, you guys grow that as well. Right? That's your uh, t- we, the, and, uh, no we we buy so, so we buy it's Ecuador, Ecuador, it's Ecuador, Ecuador Habano, Ecuador okay. Habano, Ecuador, Connecticut, and okay. San Andres. We 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 buy okay, those so are the three wrappers okay. that way. Uh, okay. Um I know I don't I don't know if we still do. We used to grow uh, uh Habano 2006. That's what I, I thought. If, I remember at one point something um, like that. But but only for binder and filler, not for wrapper. And I, I don't know if we still do. I'd have to I'd have to ask. Okay. All right. Aaron, anything else on the product stuff? We could kind of shift gears with Terrence, if not. Um, there, was, there was a question in the chat um kind of asking about the timeline for when a retailer would need to sign up for the enhanced kind of the the upper level program so they, you know. So that they it's don't J- have that inter- issue where they, you know, they see something they want that they can't get. So January, we do, we do it every January. Okay. And we don't really put, I mean, the idea of that program is that you, you've developed enough of a basis for Aganorsa that you can make that commitment to the program without it bankrupting you or whatever. And again, it's not a crazy commitment or anything like that, but it's certainly, it's in January, which is, uh, which is mo- a lot of the country, a slow time of year. It's cold. Yep. Um, you gotta, you know, pay off your bills from Christmas or whatever it is. So it's not an ideal time. So it's kind of a commitment on both parts. You know, one is that they, they have to spend a, uh, you know, a fair to certainly some stores, uh, amount of money, um, in, in January, uh, which is not what they necessarily want to do. Uh, but on the plus side, you're getting uh, all sorts of, uh, you know, benefits in terms of special prod- uh, products. You're getting, uh, you know, uh, discounts on certain, you know, uh, to a certain degree that you wouldn't get otherwise. Um, and 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 it, it's it it helps kind of uh, create that um, that atmosphere of of it's kind of an egalitarian 
thing. There's not tiers. It's not like once you're yeah. in, like once you're in, you're in. And so like the reason we know this is fair is that like a, a bigger retailer will say, how can I be getting the same deal as somebody that's, you know, I'll buy three times what you're asking. I and mean, I'm going to buy three times what you're asking. Right. And I'm going to get the same deal that this other guy gets. This isn't fair. And then the little guy uh, <laughs> you know, will say, how can you expect me to spend this kind of money in January? That's, are you out of your mind? You, you know, this is for the big guy, you know? And so, so, so we know it's kind of balanced because nobody, you know, is, is happy uh, ent- entirely yeah. with it, but it, but it does have that benefit where once you're in, you know, you out, you're on the same ground as everybody else. And, uh, and that's intentional. Again, we don't want you buying stuff to get discounts and things. We want you buying stuff because you love Aganorsa and you're, you're, you're promoting it in your store because you believe in the brand. And we're going to do things like, you know, uh, larger allotments of Supreme Leaf or access to Rare Leaf or whatever else it is, to so that that's there's a there's a, a fiscal benefit for you as well. Hopefully, driving customers to your door to find these products because they're not available everywhere, and, uh, and 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 good margins for for the retailer. What what uh let, let's say I got actually one more question. So, in the last twelve months, which has been the Aganorsa blend that's like exploded for you guys and like wow, this has hit the market. It's it's just like. You know, which has been the one that's kind of hit the ones that have been released already, let's say. So I'm not going to count the yeah. 10 by 100 yet. <laughs> no, I would say I would say definitely anniversarial validation. That has definitely been uh, it, because they also ca- not, not the I mean, the Connecticut just came out, but but the the Crow and Maduro kind of came out you know, in a similar time. And then the validation all came out at the same time. Yeah. So it's hard to kind of differentiate that because they all came out together. But but those two lines have both grown massively um, over the past year, you know, and, and that's been a, a huge help to us about getting the Agonista brand more, more present where certainly JFR and lunatic were yeah. and still are the, the bread and butter, yeah. but we definitely want the, um, you know, the Agonista brands to, to really pop. And those, and those two, I would say are, are probably the best, you know, examples of success in the past year. Yeah. No, I, uh, I think, you know, what you guys do with validation, uh, that's, you know, have a core line like that. That's a strong core line. It's really good news to hear that. Cause I think that's like, you know, that's your central line, you know, that's your starting line for a lot of people too. So I think that's great news. Yeah. And uh, they hit a premium line, you know, more premium line out. And if I started doing good, I think that's great news. So. Yeah, and again, they're, they're both for what they're competing against reasonably priced. And I'll tell you this the, the, in the past, I would say four or five months, especially you're starting to see people be a little bit, more uh, inquisitive into spending, you know, that upper level money. Um, and, and I feel we're benefiting from it quite frankly, because yeah. we never came out with, I mean, we have a $40 cigar. That's a 10 by a hundred, but, but I mean, we didn't come out with a bunch of expensive cigars for the sake of it during COVID. Like we just yeah. kept making cigars at the best value we could possibly make them at, um, you know, it, it, with the, with the best quality uh, product and just kept doing that. And so now I think that, I mean, probably, we would have had a nice run there for a while had we yeah. <laughs> had we had some forty dollars cigars in there, but I, I just don't see that being a long term thing. And I'm not saying it's not worth paying a forty dollars for a cigar either. I'm just saying that there was a massive boom of that over the past you know year or two, and I, I don't know how prevalent that's going to be as time yeah. goes on, but, uh, you know, with consumers. Right, but that that forty dollar ten one by one hundred is not meant to be an everyday cigar either. So I mean, it's it's meant to be. Kind yeah, of, that, that's an outlier. Yeah, that's you know, exactly that's not like, outlier. yeah. The guy yeah. doesn't go home and go, you know what? You know, I've had a long day. I'm going to sit out on my back porch yeah. and for the next 12 hours and smoke it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've seen uh, some, uh, again, I've seen some higher price cigars come out. And I'm like, you know, okay. 
you know, it's like, you know, the higher price, that's great. But, you know, at least I think there's a value prop, what you're going to bring with that 10, 100, uh, very, you know, it's unique. It's, it's going to be a commitment to smoke it. So, yeah. All right. So Terrence, this is our cattle barons, uh, steak question of the night. Oh, wow. This is related to meat. And <laughs> I have tailored, Go on. This, I have tailored <laughs> this question specifically for you. Oh, God. All right. Okay. So it's not a generic question. No. And anyway, so you're a connoisseur of clutch burger. Okay. Uh, yeah. I've, I've had clutch burger. It lives up to everything you've said. It, it's a, it's yeah. a great hamburger, Aaron. Uh, trust me. It's, it's Terrence knows burgers. I would never right. dispute Terrence's knowledge of burgers. But here's what I want to ask you. So clutch burger has a lot of things you can get on the burger. What's one topping you would want to see clutch burger add to a burger that they have that they don't offer right now? I have I have one in particular that I thought of. Uh, an egg? I don't know. Maybe do an Australian <laughs> one. Oh, <that> egg. <laughs> I, an egg on there? I, I okay. I'll give you. There's no wrong answer by that. Yeah. Yeah. I, no I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty happy with the topping. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was roasted red pepper. Actually, I didn't remember seeing that one there. But 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 like I said they have a lot of great toppings. There. There's no question about it. Well, I think they have the, the, oh, no, yeah, right, yeah. I was, I was thinking maybe for the Chicago uh, sandwich, but yeah, maybe they don't. Okay. Yeah, I'll yeah. Ask. that's a good question. Yeah, no, it's, 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 that's fine. Uh, that's fine. I, but that, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no, I thought, like I said, it's a really, like, even a clutch burger, I think, without the topics is, is great. You know, it's, it's just, a, it's good meat and, uh, they do burgers right there. Thank you. Yeah. Now the egg yeah, is not taste. my deal. The egg is not my deal. But that's your. <laughs> this is your question here. There's no. Yeah, I mean, again, I, 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 I was trying to find something that there are a lot you know, of people they, they like egg on burgers. Let me let me tell I you. Say I wouldn't say it's something I would normally have, but like I've had, you know, the Australian places tend to do that, and so like I've had sometimes. It's, it's you know, it's nice for a change up to do that once in a yep. while. Yep. Have you ever had a juicy Lucy? The the, the burger. No, no. Yeah. If you go to Minneapolis, it's a staple up there. Uh, really? They, they have they. It's 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 a burger with cheese, but the cheese is molten inside the meat. Wow! And it's friggin' Jeez. like it's really good. It's messy, and it's that cheese is really hot. Is what I'll advise you. Just hot in temperature, so you gotta be careful when you bite into those things. Yeah, well, good old. Yeah, that's something I'd recommend if you go to Minneapolis. Uh, get hooked up with a juicy Lucy. I'll, I'll I'll put it in the, the books. Yeah, you know it's funny. I've been, I, that's one of the few states I haven't been to. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you should get that. It's cool. It's a there's, it's a nice cigar town. I've been there twice in the last year, so there's, it's a nice cigar town. For cigars? It's, the shops are great. No, yeah. I'm saying like that's why you were there. You were in town for no, the cigar uh, shops one, themselves. One, or? one was for cigars, and one was for my day job. That was that. Yeah. What but was I, it? What were you doing there for cigars? Uh, Dave Burke, who is, uh, the, I do the jukebox show with, yeah. he lives in Australia and his family lives up in that area. So I went up to see him, uh, late last year. Uh, okay. Gotcha. So, so, and uh, how about that cigar guys took us all around town? That was nice. Huh? Yeah, they were, they were great. They were great hosts. Uh, so yeah, we went to all different shops and there's some really cool shops up there is what I'm saying. I was really, I didn't think, uh, it, much of a cigar town, but there was some great shops up there. At least four of them I went to were really good. Four, I've been to four different ones up there, so enjoyed all of them. All of them were really good. Nice. Yeah, yeah. We got some good, you know, stogies on the ground. I think is is up there. That's one. We have a couple up there that are. Um, yeah. 
you know, good Algonorsa partners. I, we got to get up there eventually. We gotta go, yeah. Try to get everywhere. It's hard. It's hard to get everywhere. Oh, I know. I know you're on the road a lot. It's, I don't know how you guys do it, by the way. Um, it's a hard life. So being on the road that much. So hats off to you guys on that. Really. Thank you. All right. So this is our next question. This is our ties that bind question. Uh, and this is brought to you by Tobacco RSA. Makers of iconic products such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco RSA, great things are happening here. So the ties that bind, Terrence, is a song by Bruce Springsteen. Okay. Okay. And uh, this is not a music question, though. I'm going to give you. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to name three things, and you got to tell me what they all have in common. Okay. okay. And I'm going to name. This is a tough one. Aaron's never mm. going to get this one, by the way. <laughs> and in fact, Aaron, I left the third number off. I put it on it, but I don't. Okay. Maybe you'll get it right. Maybe you'll get it right. So I'm going to name three numbers to you, Terrence. Yeah. And these numbers, I think, may resonate with you. Okay, that's why. Okay. Are you ready? Go on. The first number is seven. Okay. The second number is 15. And the okay. third number is 251. What do they all have in common, Terrence? 715 and 251? Yep. It sounds like home runs, RBIs, and batting average. You're, you're, you're okay. You are on the right track, but it's not baseball. Okay, it's not baseball. You're on the mm. right track. You're on the right track, but it's not baseball. If you're really struggling, I'll throw a fourth number. Well, I don't, the fourth number won't work. The fourth number won't work. Seven, fifteen. Seven? Seven. Think of the seven number. What's the seven number? Think of you, yeah. Something in sports with the seven. If you can get the seven number, the other two will fall right into line. You may not know the 15 is the toughest of the three. That one you may want. I, I, I can't tell you. I don't know. Okay. Uh, All right. It's football related. I still don't know. I still don't know. 715. Okay. All right. Seven for 15 for 251 yards. Something. All right. I'm going to give you the answer. Can, can, I, can I take a guess? Yes. Okay. Is seven the number of Super Bowls the Patriots have been in? No, that's the number of them. They've won. You're, they've you're won seven. very, you're very okay, close. So now you're very close. You're they've very close. With, Bra- with Brady, seven? Brady's won seven. Okay. Have yeah. they gone to the playoffs 15 times with Brady? No, but uh, it's another. Yeah, they have. At least okay, help, help me out, Terrence. We're, this is the path right here. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Let's go to the 251. Okay. Two, yeah, is that so how many games three. Belichick's won with the Patriots? Not Belichick's won. Not Belichick's Patri- won. Brady. Okay, so, Brady. So seven Super Bowls wins and MVPs or something? No, no. Pro Bowls. Uh, Pro Bowls. They're all Tom Brady Bowls. records. Okay. They're all Tom all right, Brady records. Yep. All right. There we go. All right. Yeah. All right. That was that was a hard one, Terrence. I got to give you that. That was uh, – yeah. I thought the seven might give it – I was going to say number 12. But that wasn't a record. That's the number he wore. Right. right? So, so that would have yeah, just. No, made... if, you, if you had said 12, I would have known immediately where to go. Because like, yeah, yeah. yeah, that would have, that would have. But then, so then I started thinking like, you know, yeah. stats. And so I, like, I was going to yeah. throw 70, uh, 7,753, which is the most complete completions. They're all records that Brady has. Yeah. They, they're all records that he has. So uh, 15 meant, meant nothing. I guess the 15 was the could, tough one. Yeah. The 15 one was the tough one. But you know what? Uh, and actually, uh, if I said 14, it would have been most playoff drives. Guy's got a lot of records, man. So, uh, oh, yeah. He's a great man. I don't know. Uh, he, he may be the Jets quarterback. 
Yeah. <laughs> now you can't, I don't, I don't think, think you, can own, own, you can't own an NFL team and play for right. another team. Right. I don't think. I got to say one thing. He's a terrible podcaster, Brady. I've listened to his podcast driving back. He's not good as a podcaster. I'm just going to tell you that. Right no, now. he's not good. He's not good. He, he's not. Uh, I maybe if he does color color commentary in a game, it's a different story. He's just not a good podcaster. He's kind of uh, he's just, he's all over the place. Well. He's he's good about talking about football. If you take yeah. anything away out of that, it doesn't really. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of yeah. He was a little but but I'd be curious to see. I'd rather see him do a game than Tony Romo. So um, Tony Romo was great. He missed oh, his yeah. calling. He should have been playing football. He should have been in the booth yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Oh God, please no. I don't know how you don't like Tony Romo. He calls the plays. He's like, yeah, look at he does any any Captain Obvious is what he is. <laughs> he talks over the average play. person knows like those types of things watching <laughs> football game. Uh, it's too hard on him. Uh, I don't like. Romo. I don't like him. And by the way, Gi- yeah, I know the Giants are getting killed. So uh, uh, on no bargain. Yeah. Well, no, no team. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, all right. It doesn't all make right. it easier. Bargain's not. No, so uh, all right, that was our ties up buying question. So, uh, Terrence, two shorter segments after this. So, uh, you doing okay on time? I'm I'm okay. All right, all right I gotta do I gotta do a, a couple people uh, a couple sponsor reads, and then we'll get right into that. So, first, I want to mention JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars of Cuba, it was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Of course, it was one of the most challenging ones to cultivate. It fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastron Valley of Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. In 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corolla. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Julian and Hulso bring their very own brand to market and each contain the authentic Corolla leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Limited Edition, and each represent the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer. Be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco. Well, you see this tasted in every drawer. And we want to mention Corona Cigar Company. At Corona Cigar Company, they take back that their cigar fanatics just like you. That's all you'll find the best selection of the rarest and finest premium cigars available anywhere in the world. Plus, they have special limited edition cigars available exclusively to Corona Cigar Company from famous cigar international makers such as Padron, Drew Estate, and Aganor Salif. They have the best selection, best customer service, and money-saving discount prices. But don't just take their word for it. Forbes Magazine selected Corona Cigar Company as best of the web. Corona Cigar was voted a top five internet cigar retailer by Smoke Magazine. Cigar Fishinado wrote, Corona Cigar Company, the largest, best stock cigar shops in America. You can place the owner online at their website or visit one of their five central Florida cigar superstars and cigar bars and see for yourself why Corona Cigar Company is the ultimate cigar experience. And we're getting into our Alec Bradley Live True segment, sponsored by Alec Bradley. Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley. Visit alecbradley.com to find out more about their cigars live true. So, Terrence, we have some more. Uh, this is our Live True segment. We have some more questions that are, these are not, there's one cigar question I have in here. Okay. And they're just random things that we're going to ask you here. Sure. All right. So, sure I'm going to get the cheesesteak question out of the way. Okay. Okay. Right, I can't do any worse than I've done so far. <laughs> no, you're, you're fine. You're fine. So, you had, you went to Jim's cheesesteak. Okay. Yes. And I, I, at this point, I, I'm honestly saying you redeemed yourself. That is an iconic cheesesteak place you went to. Let me ask the question now. You went to Jim's. Are you ready to concede that all cheesesteaks are not created equal after the Jim's experience? 
I'm saying they're more or less the same thing. I'm not oh, saying that okay. some aren't better than others. I'm just saying that they're more or less this. It's a meat sandwich, you know, it's, and it's very good. I like it. I, I, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. Uh, but like the idea, and let me just use an example that the show I'm a fair guy. Like, yeah. Is there like Cuban sandwiches? Are there better ones than others? But it's not like, like people act with like cheesesteaks that like, Oh, that's, that's basically poison. You can't eat that one. Cause it's not from, from uh from steve's or it's not from jim's or it's not from gino's or it's not from uh john's or whatever else you know names are out there uh you know and and it's not it's those places are all really good but they make it sound like if you don't go to these particular places or this particular place or eat it this way it's like terrible you shouldn't even have it ever have one and and like yeah is is a cuban sandwich in in florida or Miami, at least, you know, probably better than it is on a lot of other places. In okay, the I'll do that. Yeah. But yeah. but it's not like it's not like they're inedible other places. It's not like yeah. I ate a, a, yeah. a Cuban sandwich in like you know Ohio and was like, oh, this is disgusting. I can't have this. And I was fine. It was it was okay. Okay, so I'll, I'll give you that, and I'll ask the second question now. This is the last cheesesteak question of the night. Yeah, yeah, you, you've been saying that. No, no, I said there were two. All right, so you've had you 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 like your cheesesteaks. Yeah. Is there a particular type of cheese you like on your cheesesteak? And there's no wrong answer to this one. I will tell you that. You know, it's funny. When, when I went to when I went to gyms, I was like, "Can you just please give me like the most acceptable version of a cheesesteak you could possibly <laughs> give me, so that like these people will leave me alone?" Uh, so, so I I ended up with like Wizwit on it or something like that. Uh, Wizwit, yeah, Wizwit, yeah. yeah. And uh, not for everybody to with wit, I'll tell you that it was it was fine, but I wouldn't have gotten that. I would have probably gotten the provolone. I think it was a pretty provolone. That's usually what I would get on there. But I just wanted. I was like, please, just give me the most standard cheesesteak (laughs) that I could possibly have. You know that nobody could argue isn't a cheesesteak, and uh, and so that's what I got. That's all good. They're all good. I think. I I mean, every time I'm there, I enjoy them. But yeah, I I go for. I go for provolone over the cheese whiz, but I do like the cheese whiz. Uh, you, yeah. The only thing is I can't get the cheese whiz anywhere but like a couple places. I don't know what it is. They, I don't know what it is. What maybe they're using the wrong brand or something. But, um, but yeah, provolone is always safe for me. Is what I'll say. So, uh, just Good, don't we're do on the same page. Yep. All right, we're done with cheesesteaks, Terrence. That's it. Good. Perfect. <laughs> we haven't tortured you on anything. I, was, I don't think those were cruel questions there. No, All right, no, it's fair, uh, fair, very fair, tough but fair. Yeah. Now, Terrence, you're an MMA guy, right? Yeah, I've been following MMA for a long time. Yeah. I just had a question, and I, do you have any thoughts about this merger that they did with the World Wrestling uh, WWE? You know, not really. To be honest with you, I think that's just a money thing. And like again, there's to be honest with you, the one thing the UFC has lost in, since the its its buyout is that it really developed characters in a way it doesn't do anymore like, i, I like, would say that yeah like, like you would be like oh george st pierre is like the best and bj penn is like this and they they, they built the, like a like a lot of personality and a lot of a lot into the, the fighters and they really i mean one they have like fight twice a week now so that's hard to do but yeah but if you take out like conor mcgregor and john jones, john jones yeah and that's basically Almost the no, there's yeah, yeah. There's nobody else that's really identifiable that's still fighting. Adesanya a little bit, but like, there's not this like person that like people that it's like Mike Tyson. Like people that never watched boxing in their life knew who Mike Tyson was, you know. Yeah. And I think like even like like Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz, people know who those guys were that weren't really 
into MMA or whatever it was. Like they, they, they knew, but they knew the names and they might know who they are. You don't really see that anymore outside of really McGregor and, and John, and even John Jones is on the border. I, you know, I, I, I don't think that he's as well known as, you know, even with all the publicity that like Chuck Liddell was or T Ortiz or Ken Shamrock was known, uh, you know, like years Ken and Shamrock. years ago. I was like Ken Shamrock. Yeah. So, so that's, uh, that's the only problem now is that it doesn't build the the personalities that they, they used to. And so WWE may be able to kind of help. That's what that, I was wondering. I that's yeah. what I was wondering too. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause it was interesting when I remember when Ken Shamrock went over, I had stopped watching wrestling by the time he went over, but I was very interested to see him like as a character. They really, they didn't really have a character for him. He kind of just was the MMA, the most dangerous guy. It was, yeah, yeah. but, but I kind of, I did really like watching him wrestle. Uh, it seemed like he did a nice job with it. I think he got hurt and that's why he had to stop. But uh, yeah, he, he, you know, plus the MMA, those, that's not kind of your body over the years either. Yeah, you know? yeah. So between yeah. the two, it's not, it's a, it's a cruel business. MMA. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what Vince McMahon's, I guess he's still the WWE guy. He was in and out. So I don't know what his role is going to be in this new merger. still. I think he's Vince like, uh, gone now, right? he's like uh, Robert De Niro in casino. Like they keep giving him a new job, you know? Yeah. Like he's like, <laughs> he's like beverage coordinator. That's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Next question. What's your favorite cartoon, Terrence? I mean, of all time. Like, yeah, 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 of all time. You, you, you know, does that you know? You know the, the, the Simpsons were probably. I mean, which shows you how long the Simpsons have been going on. When the Simpsons started. Bart Simpson was older than me, so and he's I think ten <laughs> yeah. years old. So uh, it's you know the Simpsons, especially. I mean, not in the past few years, it's kind of fell off, but but uh, it certainly had a great run. Uh, you know, I always liked the Simpsons. Always like you know, I know, I guess for newer ones, I saw what's that show like. Uh, it's like the scientist and his like nephew or something like it's the two. What the heck is it called? Uh, like I want to say Mork and Mindy, but that's not the name of it. It's like uh, it's it's like a scientist guy and like his nephew or something. And every and they have like it's kind of, it's kind of an adult cartoon. It's not a what? cartoon for kids. Rick, Rick and Morty. R- Rick and Morty. Morty thank Rick you. And Morty. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's from the chat. Yeah, yeah. 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 Rick, thank one. you. Whoever said yeah, that. I, Rick, yeah. Rick and Morty. So that one's I've seen some episodes of that that are kind of interesting. I used to like Futurama. No, again, I don't really watch that much TV anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I actually saw Rick and Morty. It's kind of a funny story. I won't say where where it was, but but uh, this uh, this retailer uh, at the end of the event, and it was in a place where you wouldn't think that this kind of thing would go on. They decided to have like strippers come over after the event, yeah. and so I was kind of like. I don't, I don't want to get, you know, so he's like, Oh no, just go in my office. There's you watch TV or whatever. I'm like, okay. So I go in the office and, and Rick and Morty. So I saw like a, a marathon of uh, Rick and Morty uh, at, uh, at this retail shop. And so that's, that's how I've seen it. I, that was, I think that's the only time I've seen it, but I've seen like eight episodes because I was in there for like yeah. two hours or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Terrence, just, I'll give you the age thing on the Simpsons. My wife and I, we've been married 33 years. And we have been continuously like dating for 36. And when we first started continuously dating, we knew each other before 36 years, but we would watch the Simpsons on the Tracy Ullman show. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's how real. that's how on yeah. Sunday nights. That's how long they've been on. So yeah, that's going on for a long that, wow. that, yeah, Tracy yeah. Ullman show. Yeah. Yeah. Written Stimpy. That was good when I was a kid. Yeah, I like that one. 
Yeah, I like that. I still like Beavis and Butthead. I think they did a good job bringing it back, actually, too. It's back? Yeah, they uh, Paramount Plus has it. Wow. And they have, now they have old Beavis and Butthead. So they do Beavis and Butthead as, as like teenagers, and now they do Beavis and Butthead as, as fat middle-aged what, guys. What would Beavis <laughs> and Butthead talk about? There's no music videos anymore. No, they yeah. talk about YouTube. They talk about YouTube videos. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They do YouTube videos now, yeah. <laughs> they actually they got with the times on it. I, I think it's been well done, yeah. So, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, all right. Yeah. All right. Catch up on a hot dog, Terrence, yes or no? No, it's mustard. Put mustard. Okay. I, I'm a mustard guy, but but that's the one I won't go after people on with ketchup with a hot dog. So that's <laughs> you got to pick your battles, Goofy. You got to pick your battles. <laughs> I do. I pick. I do. I'm very selective. Man. All right. Cigar question. Type of cut on a cigar that you prefer when you cut your cigar. Fingernails. Uh, it's a, that's it. I I've gotten the fingernail answer. Bite. Yeah. You know, if if you have, I mean, if it's you're talking about V straight or punch or whatever it is, I you know, I, I usually do a, a straight or or the the double V where you clip it twice both ways or something yeah. like that. I'll do you know I'll do that. But I mostly pick the caps. You know what the problem is? Is I had I remember I remember Kurt Van Keppel years ago gave me a super really nice cutter. And uh, I'm someplace, and this guy's like, "Oh, can I borrow your cutter for a second? I'm like, "Yeah, sure." I hand him the, I hand him the cutter. He like licks the cigar all yeah, over, yeah. and then he cuts the cigar. And I was like, "Ah, you know what? You just keep that, man." And he's like, "What? Really?" I was like, "Yeah, you, know, you hang on to it. You need a cutter." So I, I don't like using cutters too much unless it's mine. And then I don't have, I don't carry cutters with me. So like I have it at right. home, so I'll use them at home. But I, I usually don't have one on me. I don't like using other people's, so I, I usually pick the caps. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, a lot, I, I know a lot of people pick the caps and bite the caps off still. So, yeah. Uh, I just always somehow have a cutter. Just, uh, but then I lose them. You must so. have been a Boy Scout. You must have been a Boy Scout. Always prepared. Yeah. 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 Always prepared. All right. A song that's currently on your music playlist that you're listening to. I know you're a music guy, Terrence. We did the whole music that night, that one night. What's a song on your music playlist that you're listening to currently right now? Uh, that's a great question. I would say, uh, well, one that's always on there is Doses and Mimosas by Cherub. That's always on there. Okay. I like it. That's on there. Yep. Sure. You, you did good with the music that night. I think there was only one song that you bashed to mind, but that was it. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you can't all be winners. Yeah. Hey, they, but you did better than Eric that night, though. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And the last of these uh, rapid fire questions. If Tom Brady walked into Aganorsa Leaf headquarters tomorrow, what cigar would you hand him? That's a great question. I think I would. Assuming he'd want a cigar. Let's assume he wanted a cigar. Yeah. Not, yeah, yeah. New, new Cuba Superior. That's what I'd hand him. He doesn't smoke. So we, we'd get. We, that's we'd a good. Okay. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. I think we, that's a we, great one. We, we'd want to convert him into the, the fold, you know? Good, so good, good answer, man. That's Tom, good. try New Cuba Superior. I think All this right. is perfect for you. All right. Sit down. Right. Have a seat. Would you like a coffee? <laughs> he'll get one before us, right? I mean, yeah, he'll get the. <laughs> It would be that would be really cool if that happened to you. I'd actually love to see that. Yeah, abso- absolutely. Yeah, I would. T- that's the understatement of the year. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, I, I was hoping you give him a night watch and just knock the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 would, I would just like I, I would try to get as many promotional pictures as I possibly could. I'd be like, Tom, would you stand over here for a minute? Validate. Flex the flags. Are you working out, Tom? You know, how's, how's your muscle? You know, I'd, I'd get him. I'd do everything. Right. Just get well some yeah. promotional material from him. Yeah. Good, good answer. I don't know if he's a smoker or not, by the way. So, yeah, no, he's, 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 he doesn't drink. Oh, wait, he, he didn't win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. And I don't yeah, think you should be ostracized for that. If you don't want to smoke, you don't want to smoke. I think that's fine. Yeah. No. There's other things we could pick no, on. No, nobody's perfect. Right. We, we can't. You said he's perfect. You, you, well, you said he's the greatest know. man to ever worked the earth. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not judging. I'm, well, that just means perfect. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's a All great right. man. I'm, I'm not going to judge him. All right. All right. This is, uh, I want to just do our Espinosa this day in sports history. Brought to you by <laughs> Espinosa Cigars. Um, makers of award-winning brands such as Espinosa 601 and Knuckle Sandwich. Smoke Espinosa and smoke Espinosa every day. Now, Terrence, this is not a Tom Brady. Uh, oh, what a shame. This is, and I'll even say it's not Red Sox related. This is a tough question. Uh, this was a tough day in sports history, Aaron, just so you know. <laughs> so I really had to pull this one out today, right? And I was so tempted to put this in the baseball chat, Aaron, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to blow it for tonight in case you okay. had a shot to get. So here's the question. Okay. In 1989, this world wrestling, I guess, federation champion and former baseball player went into the Cincinnati Reds broadcast booth and called a portion of an inning. And then the owner of the team had him thrown out like large shot. Marge shot had this guy thrown out and he did a he did he did half an inning and then he was gone. And apparently it was a big controversy. Marge had him thrown out because she said, why do we have a guy in the the ball, the booth that doesn't do baseball? But this was a very popular wrestler that was in there. Oh, uh, Randy Savage. Randy Easy, Savage. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, I wanted to, I was going to share the video. I Someone sent me the video clip of the, of the game. Of, of, uh, yeah, of him in the booth. It was the audio, actually, I think it was, of, you know, but there was a picture of the three of them. And, and uh, yeah, it was Randy Sav, who used to play yeah, uh, minor league ball. And then he was, yeah. I think he was, there's a baseball card with him in a red uniform, but he never got called up by the Reds is what I understood. Yeah, I think he hurt his knee or something. I think yeah. he got hurt. And then he, he got hurt. Yeah. yeah. He was with the car. He was with the Cardinals system and then he got traded to the Reds system and he was supposed to get called up and he got hurt and never played again. Well, it worked out pretty well for him. Yeah. yeah. So he, here's something to look up on YouTube Coop. Uh-huh. there. I want, I want to think, say it's called like Chicago ball or something like that. It's like this monster, like softball. It's not a regular softball size uh-huh. ball. And they had the, they had the wrestlers play a game. I don't know if it was wrestlers against wrestlers or wrestlers against some like local celebrities or something like that. Um, and Randy Savage took that ball and he launched it completely out of that stadium. Oh, wow. So when you get a chance, look that up. It's, oh, well, it's he, had a, cool. he had a gun. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he launched it out of there. So, little little fact: um, Randy Savage actually had a place. He had a condo in Staten Island, and where I grew up. And um, the gym that I didn't go to, <laughs> but my brother-in-law did. He'd work out in that gym in the morning. And uh, yeah, he was just he'd get he get uh, and it wasn't a 24 hour gym. So he would get like he would go there for an hour before everybody else. And then as he's leaving, people would see him as they opened up the gym. Yeah, yeah. the him, him and Ric Flair have the best rants. Like if you yeah. like listen to the, the, those are by far the two. Yeah, they're, pr- they're promos. Yeah, it, yeah. it's amazing. If, if you would do a Mount Rushmore of Charlotte athletes, Ric Flair's on it here. Rick Flair. <laughs> he is so popular. He is so popular here. It's, it's unbelievable. It's still popular. Um, he is, you know, he walks into a restaurant. People go, you know, you hear the woos. Uh, I was at the speedway and I heard the woos, but I didn't get a chance to get close to him. 
Um, but I do know so he used to live in my friend's apartment building and, and uh, we used to hear him arguing with his wife, which was pretty funny. So that, but I never, <laughs> that was, yeah. wow, that must be surreal. Yeah. Hearing that voice with the, well, the, it was, it was a fun, the wife was giving him a lot of crap the day that we heard, we heard it. He's I'm like sure trying to calm it. her down actually. <laughs> He probably oh, deserved it. But yeah, so that, that's yeah. So Rick was real when he kind of like retired for the first time, they took out billboards uh on the highways. Like the city put billboards up, like thanking him. It was a wow. big deal. It was a big deal here. Yeah. I didn't realize how Rick big Flair. Yeah. Rick Flair. Rick Flair. He is without a doubt, I would say Mount Rushmore here. Yeah. All right. One more segment, Terrence. This is a little more cigar related. It's a short segment. So let me just kind of do uh, some reads here. I want to mention uh, J.C. Newman Cigar Company, founded in 1895 by Julius Caesar Newman. J.C. Newman Cigar Company is the oldest family-owned premium cigar maker in America for four generations and 127 years. J.C. Newman has been handcrafting many of the world's finest cigars. J.C. Newman is headquartered in an iconic 113-year-old cigar factory in the Ybor City National Historic Landmark District of Tampa, Florida. At the factory known as Elver Hole, J.C. Newman is premium cigars by hand in hand-operated antique cigar machines, including the All-American Cigar, the American and the Angel Cuesta. J.C. Newman's Pencil Factory is the second largest in Nicaragua. It's where Brickhouse, Pearl de Mar, El Baton, Corman, and Yagua cigars are hand-rolled. J.C. Newman's Diamond Crown, Maximus, Julius Caesar, and Black Diamond cigars are handmade by Tobacco A. Fuente in the Dominican Republic. With longtime partners, the Arturo Fuente family, the Newman's founded the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, which supports low-income families in the Dominican Republic with education, healthcare, vocational training, and clean water. Visit jcnewman.com to learn more. And one mentioned Casa Cuevas cigars. The Cuevas family has five generations of experience in cigar making. For many years, they have manufactured cigars for many industry leaders out of the Las Lavas factory in the Dominican Republic. The Cuevas family now has a very own brand to market with Casa Cuevas cigars. You could try the Casa Cuevas brand, the Cuevas Reserva brand, and of course, their latest release, the Sangre Nueva. If they don't carry it, be sure to ask your local retailer for Casa Cuevas cigars. Casa Cuevas cigars, from our casa to yours. And we're going to get to our... Uh, Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust Industry Deliberation Segment, sponsored by Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. There's no deliberation when it comes to Dumbarton's track record since launching in 2015. This has included eight consecutive top three appearances on the Halfway Consensus, including number one cigar of the year in 2020 with Mi Carita Tricky Chaka and 2022 with the Mi Carita Black Saka Khan. Visit DTT Cigars to find a purveyor that carries the brands of Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. So, Terrence, this is our industry deliberation segment. I changed it a little up for the first time tonight, right? So Ooh. I'm going to see how this goes. So rather than kind of have you comment on like someone else's company or anything like that, I kind of I picked a topic that I thought was like applicable to, to your company that you work for. And I just had some general thoughts here. So I, I, this is the first time I'm trying it this way. Uh, let, let's see how it goes. And the topic I picked tonight was cigar events. We were talking about that earlier. All right. And there are just some there's some general quite again, uh, there's no right or wrong answers on these, but I think they're just there's things actually that uh, I've been hearing coming up from various folks who have different opinions on them. So I have I have four questions in this segment. All right. Throw, throw them at me. All right. The first question. Has the cigar industry become too reliant on events? I, I mean, I, I think the problem is, that, like, what else do you rely on? to introduce brands to new people really i mean you can certainly do social media things but there's still a lot of people that like they just walk in the store they're, they're not on social media for mm -hmm. cigars at, at least and so 
I, I, I mean, I just don't know what the alternative is. Maybe we're too reliant on it. I mean, there's certainly a lot of them, but, uh, but what's the alternative? I think it's, you know, I think the, you have to put on good events. I mean, that's the thing. If you're right. like, there's a lot of times what happens is you just end up saying today's an event and you got, you know, and the rep just stands there for three hours and talks to people coming to the door, which there's nothing wrong with. Um, but you know, it, it's more probably important to have some sort of reason to show up potentially for it or, get some value out of it or education or something like that, rather than just tonight's another event. To me, that's more the problem is that there's so many events and most of them, and a lot of events don't have it really any, you know, uh, purpose, uh, you know, other than to sell cigars, which we want to do. But I think for a consumer, if they get something out of it that goes beyond that, it's more likely to be successful. So that that's a good, this is actually, this is actually what triggered some of this conversation. So the question is, if, if and there's I think it is important for the brand to kind of show up at a store and maybe focus on, uh, uh, you know, the, I hate this cut and light term, but I don't have a better yeah. term, but the cut and light or, you know, introduce. But is that really an event is my question. Right. I, I don't know necessarily yeah, oh, if, yeah. if, that, if that's an yeah, event. So, or not. so are you say, are you saying I guess I should have had you better define it. Are you saying like our two event rely on the type of event that is like like a, a dinner or, or some sort of educational seminar or some sort of prize where they get some, you know, something of substance in terms of a prize at the end, you're talking about that type of event, or you're just talking about any sort of like people come in and there's somebody that there from the company trying to promote the brand. So I think when I originally asked the question, it was the, it was the former, right. Yeah. That, and, and, and why this came up is because I think, look, I think you guys, it, it's this cost to do that. Right. You know, being on the road has a cost, right? Sure. Or it has a cost to the retailer to do an order that makes it worth having something sometimes. Sure. So, so my question is that is it you know maybe is the like one retailer said to me, it's my job as a purveyor to promote this brand 365 days a year, as opposed to having. And it's great when they come into town and everything, and I love the support, but I need and the, the good purveyor is going to promote that brand year round and get behind that brand. And I think sometimes I see maybe some shops where they get a little more into that mode, like, well, I'm just going to wait for someone to show up here from that company. That, that's, I think, where I was taking that question. Oh, you, oh, okay. You, you mean more on the side of the retail store being reliant yeah. on it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, uh, that's what I said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, the again, the problem is, is that, so there, there's a, a couple of different attitudes. Sort of. Some people are like how you, you said, they're, they're like, you know, it's my job to help promote the brands that I work with and everything like that. A lot of people don't feel that way. A lot of people think, listen, I'm here to sell the cigars. I'm not here to build your brand. And there's lots right. of people that feel that way about it. Right. So then, you know, so you have people like that. And then you also, even for the guys that feel that they are, you know, more of a, it's more of a partnership in terms of the brand building. Uh, they can only do that with so many brands and they yeah. really can't do it necessarily. Yeah as well as is the people from the company can at least for all of the companies right again there's a few people who can do this but you're, you're really limiting yourself in that and so one of the things that the event provides if it's executed well from the from our side is is it it creates excitement and it creates you know a desire for the brand a desire to learn right. more a desire to have a, you know, a connection where you feel part of you know of the organization you know that you're important to them all those types of things it's very hard for most retailers to do that, at least for more more than one or two companies where they have got, had that experience for themselves as well. And, and that's what you really want. It's, it's, it's one thing to hand somebody a cigar and say, 
this is a good company that uh, you know we we they're one of our best partners. Right. We think they're one of the best cigars in the humidor, and they own a lot of tobacco in Nicaragua. Uh, everything I'm saying is true, but it's kind of more of a, you know I'm just saying things where if you know you can get an event where it's like hey come on oh you got char cigars it's and and, and you 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 the doing the fumas or whatever that we do for the event where that becomes a memorable experience and those types of things like that, that is far more likely to create an impression um than just you know putting a cigar in the guy's hand because again like i said even if that guy likes the cigar he might not remember it he just he takes it you know the retailer recommended it. he lights it up he sits and smokes it he leaves he comes back two weeks later hey what was that brand again that you gave me the last time i was here how's that guy gonna remember what he sold them two weeks ago you know when he's had a hundred customers or whatever since so so to you know there's definitely you know uh uh you know the the, the danger of over relying on events um, as a retailer, I think, but I, I do think at least from our end, um, they're, they're pretty crucial to ensuring that you're getting your message out there in the way that you want to get it out in, in a way, in a way that's memorable. Uh, and, and that's much harder for a retailer to do on his own in most cases. Yeah. And in fact, that was one of the questions I had and, and, and I'm glad you said it because I was just saying, do events need to be moved? And it sounds like the answer is yes. Move your event more towards making it experiential. Like having that experience, like the Fuma thing is a yeah. great example. I mean, I, I've heard so many good feedbacks on the, and now I know your reps are even trained to do that now. So it's not like you have to do it everywhere. Yeah, it's it's the combination of education and fun. Those are the two things. Um, and if you can combine those, um, it, that's a that's a real home run. So, right. you know, there's a lot of people that are interested to learn about cigars and learn about tobaccos, learn how they're blended and made and everything. So there, that's definitely uh, an, an attraction for a segment. And then everyone likes to have fun, you know, and if you look at a lot of times, I mean, certainly, I mean, a great example, like Rocky Patel, uh, Drew Estate, uh, you know, certainly when Fabian was there and, and the events they do now, you know, they're, they're fun, you know, yeah. like, they're, they're fun events, you know, and, and people enjoy hanging out with the guys from those companies and, and, and being around them. And, and, uh, and so th those are the two things you really need to be, you know, uh, injecting into the event is like, okay, right. this person's going to leave here. He's going to say, man, I had the greatest time tonight. I was laughing my head out. Uh, and you know, I learned a lot about, um, about tobacco and cigars and I appreciate it in a way I didn't before. And if you, and if somebody leaves saying those two things, you probably have, you know, a customer. Right. Is so I'll say this, how important is swag at an event you think? increasingly the, the bigger you get the more important it becomes like really we're, we're okay even, we're, we're even feeling that at this point where there's only so many people that are interested in learning about tobacco you know right. there's there's just so many but, right. but like everybody like you know for the most part like some form of swag whether that's lighters or ashtrays or hats or shirts or backpacks or thermoses or coffee cups or whatever it is and and there's definitely as we expand and more people become aware of us you hear that question more often it's like oh where's the swag and like what's the swag and what's going to be the swag for the event and everything like that where uh certainly when i joined like it, it that i didn't hear that question as much and and so i think as you expand and you you're entering into more humidors and you're in, uh, more people are coming into contact with your brand that tends to be more of an important thing um you know and certainly for events yeah, and in fact, you know, when I when you caught on the show and I saw your backdrop, you had the lighters there right now. Um, so I mean, that's I hadn't seen those before. At least uh, this is something now. Like maybe you guys are going to bring them out to events. You know, I think people like getting that stuff. I mean, to be honest with you, guys like me and Aaron were probably swagged out, right? But I yeah. I, I can tell you, people there, there's you know other people to know the story. 
Maybe Aaron Swagnam now that he has that nice shirt on. But prior right. to that, he, he, he was... I don't have that shirt. That's I'm, I'm very disappointed I don't have that shirt, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think this with swag is tricky because not everybody likes everything. And again, like with the lighters, the, we, we just did lighters the last time. thing is, you know, just as just as an experiment, like what I did is I, you know, the, there's a local cigar bar uh, by me, Galliano Cigar Room. Oh, I went there with you. Great place. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, so I gave all the, the the bartenders the lighter. They lost them all in like two weeks, mm-hmm. every single one. So it's gone now. And so now, and so now it's like, there's that. And then there's hats. Not everybody wears that. And then there's shirts and, oh, you got, uh, you only have is double X. I, I'm quadruple X. Oh, all you have is quadruple X. I'm small. And then it's, it's, it's never always a problem there. So like so you try to find stuff that like is most universally like desired and yeah. will be used consistently. And so, you know, it's, you, you try different things. We just did a, a run of really beautiful ashtrays. So mm-hmm. that's something a person will just play and look at. Uh, we, we have coffee mugs coming in. If you drink coffee every day, you're going to look at your nice coffee mug and see the Agonorsa label on there. Right. Um, you, know, and, you know, most people, you know, other than Mormons, I guess, drink coffee. And they don't smoke cigars either, so it doesn't matter. But, you know, so it's always trying to find stuff that will appeal to a large group of people and then that they'll use it and it'll remind them of the brand. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was – how about the samplers? Are they becoming more – like, I know you guys have done a lot with samplers in the last couple of years. Are they becoming more important uh, at events? Is that a a mechanism you guys use to, you know, kind of get people to try it? You can, you can, you, you can use, honestly, though, I would say most events, that's not, that's not a popular okay. thing. The, the samplers are popular at like multi-vendor events where like the guy is going to table to table and everybody's yeah. trying to get him to buy something. And, you know, he's not, he doesn't want to go home and get a divorce. So, or she doesn't want to go home and get a divorce. So, so they'll, they'll be like, okay, I can, I can get this sampler. I can try their product and I'm not spending, you know, the money that I would be spending on a box. But in an event itself, they tend to because I guess that you can make your own sample. You know, you pick this one, that one, this yeah, one. You know, yeah, there's that's not true. like the value of a sampler in itself. I guess is less is is less you know useful right. at, a, at an event. Yeah, right. Because I've gone to retail events and someone will say, "Hey, you buy any twenty cigars, I'll give you the the, the box price." Yeah, yeah. So I, I I can see that. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, you mentioned multi vendor events. Is that something? How do you guys view multi vendor events? Are they strategic or not strategic? I've heard mixed things from different companies on that. I'll say people have gotten way better at multi vendor events. I mean, yeah. we just did the Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest, it was incredible. It was great. Uh, Abe at Spoken obviously does yeah. um, a, a, gr- a great event. And yeah. and uh, so there's there's ones out there that, you know, and more. So uh, Bill Fink, Fink Cigars, just did uh, his event, which also raises money for, for Fisher House Charity. Um, I was in I was in Germany, but uh, Paul and, and it was out there with our rep Ryan Polar, and I, I guess it was spectacular. I've, I've attended that event. That's a great event. Um, so, the, the, but you have to be. I mean, those events, generally speaking, are more, at least the way I view them, a, a, a thank you to the retailer, yeah, uh, for the support that they give you. Um, it, like the odds that some guy is going to put his, you know, hand in a bag of yeah. cigars. And pull yours out, and that's going to be his new favorite or whatever. Is, right. a, is a gazillion to one. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So, uh, you know, I, I don't view that per se as the most productive way to like gain customers. Um, but like I said, there are some that are really well done, and uh, and then um, you know sometimes it's it's part of the you know cost of doing business is that you know hey they support us, they brought us in. There's other cigars they could buy. They do this event every year. 
they support us enough where we can justify doing this to, and to help them. And, you know, who knows, maybe we'll get uh, somebody to try the product or whatever. I think I would think that picking that cigar for the multi-vendor event, what you're going to provide, I, I got to think that's a tough decision sometimes because you, you're trying to satisfy everybody, right? Because you, you, you got new smokers who haven't heard of you and you probably got the geeks who, you know, all look of stuff. So I, I would say that's probably a very tough thing to do. You know what we've been trying to do, to be honest with you, is try to, to like satisfy or like enthuse uh, a person part of them like right. so we, we've been putting in like big ring gauge ones and, and some of them that we've done you know right you know some of the guys will open that up and say i'll never smoke that and they'll trade with somebody else but some yep. the guy that they're trading with is like oh i love these cigar is the size and oh i've never heard of this brand or whatever it is so so we, we tend to try to make somebody really happy then try to make everybody you know kind of go oh nice yeah no I, I i think that's a that's a cool thing to do i know i've uh I've I've traded for sixty ring gauge cigars from people who don't want them. Yeah. Um. I I actually had to make a trade um, for someone down at uh, Puro Sabor who wanted a. Uh, uh, it was Dave in Australia who wanted that Postani Connecticut, which wasn't out. So I uh, I, I ended up having to give up my Padron for that, but uh, <laughs> uh which was uh you know, but I yeah you know, I had to take care of Dave, so yeah, I had to get, and yeah. both great cigars. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, we did that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I could see that part as well. Uh, but no, it sounds like it sounds like you guys have leveraged events very well and you guys are very high on events and you do a lot of them. Uh, I know you guys just did a cigar dinner. I was out of town. Um, you did one uh, over at Cigar Shop. They did. Uh, they started a series of dinners. I think Dave Palm did the first one. And yeah, um, I was in I was in the store uh, today and they were just raving about that event. So um so dinners are always tricky, but it sounded like that went really well. So, yeah, again, I mean, some things work for one person that don't work for another. I mean, everyone yeah. finds their kind of niche. Some yeah. people like to do it one way. And yeah. As long as everyone's winning, you know, who cares? You know, whether it's a dinner or yeah. event or, or whatever, it's as long as everyone's winning at the end of the day, then, you know, uh, it's just the cost of doing business. All right, I got one more question on this. When is event like crash and burn? Like is a dud, like, oh man, this was a disaster. When, what, 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 constitutes that in your book no, no nobody's there nobody shows up <laughs> yeah i guess so yeah or, or no or nobody buys even worse they show up and they don't buy yeah uh you know again i i don't get too caught up in those things you you can only really control so much and so for yeah. me for me at an event i always think of it as like who's ever here i want them to have the greatest time ever and rave to all their yep. friends about it so if there's ever another event more people will be happy and more people will try the product after the event because the people that were here we're so enthusiastic yeah. about it. And so, yeah. I mean, there's only so much you can do, you know, and if yeah. you know, it's bad, bad weather or just, you know, they didn't promote the event properly or just nobody, you know, cares to see me or whatever it is, yeah. whatever the reason, um, I don't have any control over that. Yeah, no, I get that as well. Well, that's all I had on this event, Aaron. I don't know if you had anything else, but that, don't wrap no, it up. You, you hit it, yeah. All right. So Terrence, we're at the end of the show. Hopefully this was the greatest time of your life. No, it was a lot of fun. I, you know, again, you guys keep it, you know, interesting. You know, we yeah. do some business and then we, you know, uh, talk cheesesteaks and then, you know. We, we I, were I, easy. I, I, didn't, I didn't pay me yeah. up on cheesesteaks tonight. Yeah, you uh, asked yeah, one question. No, two questions. It was great. Right? It, was, it was a lot of fun. It's always a pleasure to be on here with you guys. It's a lot of fun. It's no, uh, it's, it's, it's what the industry is about. You know, it's that mix of yeah. like, you know, we talk about cigars and then we talk about sports yeah. and then we talk about God knows what else. Yeah. Listen, uh, Terrence and I do a lot of ball busting with each other. So, yes. uh um and, and a couple of times we've had to say you know terrence is, going, is everything okay i'm like yeah don't worry it's all good so uh, if i was mad oh, yeah, at you, yeah, yeah, like, yeah you know 
you never you never know on you know people get you know one sensitive on facebook plus you with comments there's no tonality you can't really see yeah, yeah. so yeah I, I check in every once in a while i'll be like you know this is just jokes right yeah and so, yeah, yeah yeah you did we, we just did this weekend i'm like no it's a yeah. joke it was a joke so uh oh so just so you know when a joke right so i, I kind of said about eric picking agonar sleeve as the first pick yeah well last He's a great time, man well last time he didn't protect you Right, he had. I can't. And that's. I gave him. That's why. I was like, yeah. I. I figured he's redeeming himself. Oh, wait till I see him. Yeah, he I was, didn't protect I, I, you. I, 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 I get the franchise tag. Ooh. You were fran- This time he protected you. Trust me. Good. All right. Good. Yeah, he protected you. He was like, uh, you, you were first overall pick. <laughs> he's a good man. I have to watch that episode. I haven't. I haven't seen it. I was in Germany, so it was the time change was too much. Now. But, but I'll try to check it out this week. Yeah, uh, whatever. But everyone guessed it was going to be Agonar Salif. We know Eric loves his Agonar so <laughs> it's like he's, yeah, a great, he's a great man. He's <laughs> he's Tom Brady esque in many ways. But no, we we, we do. Terrence, appreciate the support. Thanks for coming on on short notice. Um, and that's going to be it for this one. Um, just a couple of programming notes. No show next Thursday, so we have no show next Thursday. Uh, but Bear and I will be on Tuesday night, and we have uh, Josh and Glenn coming on from P- PCA. No, oh, nice. That's a good one. So, we'll have, yeah, we'll have that. And then on Monday, uh, we're also – that's on Tuesday. <clears throat> and on Monday, we're doing uh, Jukebox. We're doing Metallica and the M81 Ooh. cigar. So Nice. So stay tuned on that. But we'll be back in two weeks on October 5th. Stay tuned for who our guest is on that one. And then we have some shows lined up. Uh, there's actually another week off. I think Aaron, you're taking next week off, and I'm taking in two yep. weeks off. So yeah, yep. so, so three weeks off. Yeah. So, so yeah. Well, stay tuned. But we have some other shows already lined up into October. So sounds good. All right, Terrence, thank you again. Guys, have a great night. Thank you so much, everybody out there listening. Please yep. stay yep. in touch. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Uh, but that's gonna wrap up primetime episode two eighty three into the annals of history. For Thursday, September 21st, now Friday, September 22nd on the East Coast. We'll see everybody uh, next time. Take care, everybody. See you guys. Take care.